0: Um, we me, may okay.
1: have jumped the gun on hitting record. <laughs> no, we're good. Okay. It's
0: okay. As long as, as long as we're all synced up, too. it's all right.
1: Okay,
2: so.
0: cool. Sometimes Bram doesn't edit it at all. He just
3: lets this go. This is number 25 and we're going to mention that,
0: um... Well, see, that's my question. It, are we retiring number 25 to the rafters? Because that was an aborted lost show. Oh, and is this not, is this episode twenty six yes. or is this episode twenty five? Let's do that.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> do we have to have a funeral for the aborted show?
3: Let's do twenty six. Yes.
0: It's law in some <laughs> okay. states.
1: Okay. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um and okay. then also, um <laughs> the last episode that Melinda was on was the Ariana Grande one, and that was March twelfth of last year. So it's been fifty one weeks, almost a year.
1: It's Your all kind span. of full circle. Yeah. So that's cool. Fifty one weeks since you <laughs> looked at me. <laughs> 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 Oh. That's crazy! <laughs> Can't believe it's been a year.
3: Yeah. Buckle up, folks. Well, lots happened. Okay.
1: Yeah. Holy cow. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Brendan. <clears throat> um. Oh, now I need to think of what to say.
3: I'm gonna chew some dentine ice spearmint.
0: All right. That's a good. That's a good flavor. Actually, no. I'm gonna start
3: ice. down the show because it's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've already made two really primo jokes. You're telling me we haven't started?
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go in the show. It has to. It's the Featured Players Podcast. Featuring your hosts,
2: Bram Benderoff and Brendan Noel. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Wriggle.
1: Yeah, he see, now,
0: na- now it's like, do I even bother doing a proper intro, quote-unquote? <laughs> I mean, this is a solid cold open, but this couldn't...
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's my second time guesting, so I'm almost halfway to the five-timers club.
0: This is a big deal.
1: It feels like it, yes.
0: Well, we only have a, t- we only have a two-timers club here. We've been Sick. giving out the jackets, so you're in.
1: So who, I'm sorry, who else is in it?
0: So it's um, Christian, Beth um Baudet. um uh, who else have we on on twice uh
3: i don't
0: know or is he that did. it Ta- uh, taylor no he's only been on once
3: taylor but the last episode oh wow.
0: Oh yeah and we count taylor even though yeah taylor's second episode <laughs> got lost mm. but we still count it um i think that's beth it Beth was on
3: four times i'm pretty sure
0: yes beth is beth is the winner right now
1: well, okay, but she's sleeping with the host. That doesn't count.
0: <laughs> yeah. She, she's It's going to be hard to ever, like, overtake her, really. Because there, are like two times
1: have tried. She's very strong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> two of those times have been, like, fill-ins, right? Uh... Where, like, we had somebody else and then they couldn't do it. Or we didn't have somebody and then... Yeah.
3: Generally, that's who I ask. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, it makes sense, though. I mean, preferential treatment, like, once you are married in the eyes of the law... Yeah, this is
0: like, now we, are now, Bram, we got to deal with nepotism issues.
3: Well,
1: now. I... N- Your wife no, is I, the I, only person I,
3: I, I pick her because I know that she's not doing anything. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, guys, I'm really sorry for doing of my wife. That was... Oh,
3: I, don't worry about that, awful. I do it every single day.
1: <laughs> that's good. That's uh-huh. the joy of marriage. But
3: that's what you have to do. <laughs>
1: is that, oh my gosh, is that, is that a rule?
3: Yeah, that's... It's it's a rule. That's what people do. That's what you got to do.
1: Was it in your vows?
3: Uh, something close to it was. Nice. No one's heard my <laughs> vows. Um, That's okay. Mm-hmm. This morning, I was uh, my, my trying difference. to explain Beth the um, the de- the difference between adult and adult.
1: What's the difference?
3: Um, adult is like when you're trying to defend yourself, like when someone says like you're you're a child. Uh, and you're not an adult, then you say you're an adult. But when you're an adult, it's like your driver's <laughs> license says you're an adult. That's a fact.
1: Okay, so one is factual, one is defensive. Yes.
0: Oh. So one is like a physical age thing, and one is just about like maturity?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I say that. I'm going to well, be that honest would... with you. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't think adult is a word, and I refuse to use it, and I reject it completely.
0: I thought it was going to be like... Like, adult means, like, you are an adult, but, like, adult meaning, like, adult films.
3: Fair. That's another use of it. I mean, she called me me an idiot during this this discussion, so...
2: oh,
3: It's the featured players, episode number 25. (laughs) 26! 26. Um, Explain that. Why 26?
0: Well... It's episode 26 of the Feature Players because, sadly, um, to our many, many dozens upon dozens of listeners at home who uh, who follow this show faithfully... um literally
1: dozens of us.
0: I guess we really have just decided that this is the start of the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Feature Players. So... Um, Episode 25, you should have heard in the middle of February, um, if you recall our show uh, talking about the Lin-Manuel Miranda episode, we had Taylor Cotter on to talk about that show. She came back to talk with us about Alec Baldwin. Bram was away that week for some reason. I can't remember anymore. But she came on to uh, help us out. Uh, Nobody's a bigger 30 Rock fan than she is. And sadly, about an hour into the show, uh, we encountered some technical problems and... Taylor, unfortunately, lost her end of the recording of things, and at that point, we had kind of uh, both gotten in too far and also had other commitments in the day that we didn't really have time to go back and sort of uh, stitch things together um, by far, so we feel bad that uh, that show will never be heard, and uh, because it was pretty good, and we definitely had some good um, hot takes about the fact uh, um, that—everybody sit down here, but uh, Rosie O'Donnell is not relevant in 2017, y'all.
3: That's not that controversial.
0: Well, that's the joke. <laughs> Thank you, Bram. But anyway, um, it's like we never left. So uh, in, in, in honor of Taylor and as thanks for her coming on, uh, we are going to uh, take episode 25 and we're going to retire its number up to the rafters. And this is episode 26 of the feature players. And um, uh, yeah, so that will that'll, that'll forever be a lost episode.
3: Cool. Rightly so. Did you guys talk about me?
0: And uh, I'm sorry. Go did ahead. Did you guys talk about me? Um, no. Wow. Actually, no. We did actually. We we mentioned. Uh, we made reference to the fact that you have never been on a show with Taylor because you're afraid of girls.
3: Okay. Oh.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty good uh, eight year old burn there.
3: Oh, uh, I married a girl the day before you guys recorded.
1: Take my breath away.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Take My Breath Away podcast, where Brendan Noel and Melinda Malley discuss all things nauseous about the relationship between Bram and Beth. We're back Joy-
1: punks, and now they're married. This time, it's personal. Yeah, you guys. Joining
0: me as always is Melinda Malley. How's it going, Melinda?
1: <laughs> talking.
3: Keep talking. I'm gonna. That's
1: how it's going.
3: Keep talking. I'm gonna <laughs> open my uh, dainty nice uh, spearmint.
0: Well, you I'm go ahead and do that. For that. You go ahead and chew your gum, Bram. I'm going to mark a, a ceremonial moment here on the feature Players yep. because um, all season long, we've been giving out the, the highly coveted two-timers jacket to those who, who have made a second appearance here on the show. <laughs> it's a very big deal. And uh, today is uh, perhaps the, the most special of all the two-timers jackets we've given out because we're giving one to Melinda today, our, the very first person we ever had on as a guest.
1: <laughs> wow. That's it Wow.
0: Take a moment.
1: Gosh, I'm I'm dumbstruck. I mean, first of all, this is like really my first foray back since uh, my own show, The Adios Amigos, went on hiatus ish. Um so I've really just been shadow boxing for the past fifty one weeks. Um, trying to keep my strength up. So uh wow, what a welcome back. Thank you.
0: Oh, you're you're very welcome. I mean we it's it, it it has been fifty one weeks exactly, yeah. yeah.
3: fifty one weeks. On. Yeah, um, <laughs> she was uh, you were on the um, Ariana Grande episode that was uh, recorded on March thirteenth, so it's literally been fifty one weeks.
1: It's crazy. Yeah,
0: that was a really good episode of SNL. <laughs> I mean, that was a really bad episode of the Future Players, but that was a really good episode of SNL. Oh.
3: It was a probably <laughs> oh, very long one because we don't know how to stop talking, but that's why we love having Melinda on the show. The one time it happened.
0: Yeah, Melinda encourages our our love of nonsense talk.
3: <laughs> it's <was> great.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I came um, prepared with notes today, so prepare yourself. You're the only
3: one who takes notes anymore. <laughs>
1: I know.
0: We used to try and then we we just gave up. Frankly, I think it's made the show better. I think so too. Cool. Yeah. It's nice it's nice when the guest tries and we don't. I still have my
3: I um, think that's yeah. the I still have my happy endings notes uh, sitting on my desk here for when I was on your show
1: wow Mm -hmm. that's really that's really sweet and sentimental yeah 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 that was like that was a just you and me episode wasn't
3: it it was i typed i typed uh oh that was over a year ago i typed um actually i'm not sure if that's correct no that was the first time so it was uh i typed the industry calls this a rough cut i don't know what that (laughs) means (laughs) (laughs) the
1: roughest
0: (laughs) this is what we in the show business like to call a cameo (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> showbiz
3: in-house parkour alex lakes restaurants
1: all true <laughs> yeah <sighs>
3: Good
1: times. I, yeah Good times. that was when i care i don't cared. Even remember what episode you had we were on
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's that's one show that that i miss very much but that's okay mm-hmm. that's another conversation
0: are you talking about happy endings because the happy endings writers regularly tweet out their excitement for season four
1: Oh, oh, God. Stop
3: uh, it.
0: That's a guys. can of worms maybe we shouldn't open.
1: Maybe maybe not, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Folks. Adam actually just recently gave a, an interview to AV Club about... How he constantly talks to his happy endings co stars and how that. he you know if he's on a set that doesn't feel like happy endings he tries to make it feel like the set of happy endings and part of me was so like I found it so heartwarming because I was like oh wow I really loved this show and you know it, it means a lot to me and then part of me was like graduate from high school Adam Pally <laughs> like I really was like make some new friends at college Brosiv so like if you can't if you can't hang. <laughs> you can't hang that's that's not happy endings cancellations fault
3: what does he do like he like ta- goes and talks to like yasser lister and uh and lead meester which are two suspiciously sounding names um
1: yes meester
3: <laughs> uh and say hang hey on. guys like this sets me more like happy endings
1: yeah no he goes he goes up to Leiden meester and he's like mm, close but no cuthbert bye oh no <laughs> Casey Wilson's Ugh. out doing Match Game. Why aren't you guys doing Match <laughs> Game? Casey Wilson, Where's Damon Wayans? Casey, well, Casey Wilson's know, just, doing
3: a pilot of Busy Phillips.
1: She is, which... Okay, so it's a Tina Fey vehicle, which I'm very mm-hmm. excited about. But I also, as far as two actresses I have... I adore, but, like, can only take their voices in small doses. Busy Phillips and Casey Wilson are, like, in the top five. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, listening to them do their equally energetic shtick to each other sounds like... A 22-episode nosebleed for me. <laughs> but I'll try.
3: It could be... It should be a movie. And that movie would be, like, the female version of um, The Brothers Solomon.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry for the really hot audio I just created with that laugh. That, I really, really want that was a pregnant man movie with Busy Phillips and Casey Wilson as essentially the female brothers the sister <laughs> solomon brother
3: solomon rp that, that, that was a very loud movie
1: <laughs> that movie will always hold a special place in my heart and i'm not sure why you know what i mean like the fact that lee majors is in a coma <laughs> is one reason mm-hmm. and the fact that uh there's skywriting like the the scene that sticks out to me is is when they are trying to get a hold of the pregnant girl Kristen wig janine i think is her name and they hire sky riders, but because they're lovable idiots, they have to hire like ten planes. <laughs> it's like two million dollars <laughs> and uh yeah, it's a very long skywriting message, and um like they make a joke about like a pun about dollars and doll hairs, and like just that whole that whole thing just is basically the the show last man on earth mm-hmm. um back to but night. in like a really good way
3: um did you uh is that, is that movie a Bob Odenkirk uh, directed film? I think
0: maybe it was. Can't yeah, I'm. I'm that on that the one. Wikipedia page for The Brother Solomon was directed by Bob Odenkirk, mm. oh. and under C also it says second weekend in box office performance biggest second weekend drops.
3: That was um, what he also did. Let's go to prison. Ugh.
0: Odenkirk
1: or Arnett? Because Will Arnett and Shy McBride were in both. Odenkirk. Why is
0: okay. Shia McBride in both of those
3: movies?
1: Because Shine McBride is a national treasure. Do
3: you know who else is a national treasure? I mean, I. Nicholas Cage. Octavia Spencer.
1: Okay. Justin Barton. topic. <laughs>
2: Justin
3: Star Bartha. of The Good Fight. Star, Star of on CBS all Star Access. Of, Star of Netflix original film White Girl.
1: Heiress Star of... to the Spencer's Gifts Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes of the episode.
0: I. And I think maybe that's a good place to start is just, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think I, I really liked, in, like, enjoyed last night's episode, partly because I feel like the running theme of this episode was dumb humor, kind of. Okay. And I was all, I was totally on last night's <laughs> show's wavelength, I felt.
1: Oh, really? I I felt with every building sketch that I was watching a college improv showcase. Ooh. Where every... Sketch the twist at the end was oh whoop ah, mm, funny laugh, and I was like that's not that's not how this is done. Like there were a few times, like particularly with the zooopolis Zootopia sketch, that I felt that no one had written any jokes. It was just tag teaming. Like let's get impression suggestions from the audience. Let's start.
0: Well, I totally agree with that. Let, let's start. I'll talking give you that one episode, for sure
3: because I think we will have a lot of similar opinions. um I, I'm okay. I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, it was some appeasing dumb humor, but it wasn't like the dumbest that it it was like the most enjoyable for me. Um, but there was just some sketches that that felt like they were directionless, and I think uh, going um, sketch by sketch is going to help there. So, if you want to start that off,
0: yeah, we'll talk about the cold open. Okay, um, got ourselves a little forced Gump parody going on here. I'm with, sorry, did uh, you say
1: forced forced, forced Gump? Gump?
0: Forced Gump. I would call it forced it's Gump. when it. it it's a it's a it's a form of gump, and it's non-consent. Anyway, I don't want to get into
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimate forced gump.
0: <laughs> yeah. We got a anyway, forced uh, for, 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 gump. As in Forrest McNeil, is uh, nice. You know, we got we got ourselves a a good Jeff Sessions parody. You might have heard of him. He's the Attorney General of the United States.
3: Me, country where let me I preface live. that um kate mckinnon was apparently filming a movie this week um and also came back from the oscars so she wasn't there the entire week so she didn't participate in much of the show
0: well that
1: would explain the runners Dia senior got so much screen time can't
3: verify what movie it was but that's what i was told it was office christmas party too oh no (laughs) it was in atlanta
1: office easter party
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they got they the it's like they're back. they're going to Gary Marshall this this thing and hit all the holidays.
1: Oh, I hope so. <laughs> oh man.
3: Uh turns out if you make 4 of them you die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the Boba Duke but more permanent.
0: It's the it's a much more sinister Bloody Mary, uh, Beetlejuice scenario. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Wow. Jeff Sessions. (laughs) Um, I thought this, okay, so it was, um, Jeff Sessions was Forrest Gump. Um, probably something that SNL has done in the past. Uh, and what I appreciated, and I guess Melinda might as well, um, is that bus that passed by each time <laughs> yes. to um oh my god to, to, to it was
1: crying the bus was the funniest part
3: to, to then to then yeah to then reveal um, a new person sitting on the bench um we we, we talked about it on this podcast the last time they did a uh, bus um uh, bus humor uh it was that limo and a drive through thing um
0: <laughs> well and they've definitely done they've done like sketches about like people on a bus and it's been distracting watching the like B-roll go by on the green screen and cuz it was clearly like they mentioned like we're on a highway and it's like you look at the footage in the back and it's like they're obviously driving through just like a neighborhood. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um did anybody freeze frame on the bus like there was writing on the bus was that anything?
3: No.
1: Yes, but it wasn't it also wasn't from what I could tell.
0: It wasn't like a joke or anything.
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back. I there was one point where my uh, internet connection had to buffer, and it said something that I I was like kind of nonsensical, and I was like, oh, maybe that's like a regional thing on the buses there. It just the the thing about the bus that killed me was it was so late '80s. I just was dying laughing. Like it was it was so period to Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was I it was don't... it was amazing watching the low tech at work it was it was like the only thing that would have made it better if there were you could actually see like hands holding the thing at the bottom moving it from (laughs) left to right yes that would have been that would have made it even better agreed um i don't know i like i feel like i have little to say about this sketch overall
3: yeah i mean you expected putin to come out it was beck bennett again as is topless putin which you know we're seeing every week now which is Guys, come on. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I wrote in my notes. I was like, "Putin's back." Okay. Okay. <laughs> Question
3: mark. And then, and then you have the, a rare appearance of the host uh, in the World Open, Octavia Spencer as her the Help <gasps> character, um, making her uh, making her pie.
1: Mini, right?
3: I haven't seen the Help, but I know it's a very absurdly long oh, movie.
1: okay. I liked mm. it.
0: I enjoyed your uh, enjoyed your hashtagging of the word shit pie last night, Brian. Yeah,
3: it's an old friend of mine used to do it, so I was it was a make it was a tribute pie? to him. Yeah,
0: yeah, he used to make a lot of shit pies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guy named Benny. Wow. This podcast may contain some adult language. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, can we swear on here? Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I'm just I'm just kidding.
0: We, we try to keep it chill. We, but, uh, uh, we sometimes that can't be helped.
3: We stitch our, our, our podcast at the uh, very end of of um, official um, Raffy uh, albums. So when um, when they leave it playing <laughs> after after uh, 35 seconds, they just start listening to feature players. It's remember, remember how um, there was always conspiracies about like if you leave your you know if you leave your CD playing, it would like play something else that's really weird. I know Weird Al used to play no. it, play around with it so we we just uh we we record uh feature player episodes uh exclusively for the uh the back end of raffi cds
0: no the only uh, the only conspiracy theory i'm familiar with is that yasser lester and late meester are the same person
3: it's so similar yasser guys.
1: meester <clears throat> future players
0: meester. conspiracy corner um carmichael show writer yasser lester has anyone ever seen him in the same yes. room
1: with as, Leighton Meester?
0: As Gossip Girl's Leighton Meester.
1: Yeah, they're on a show together, bud.
3: Making history.
0: <sighs> but are they really?
1: You know, that's the question.
0: Guys, open your eyes.
1: <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. What is
3: this? Uh, vanilla Sky? Trust no. trust no one. American Beauty? It's one of them. No, it's America- Vanilla Sky.
0: Bram, Bram. Your fake news.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> what were we talking so, about? Uh, yeah. So she she showed up in the sketch as her character from The Help, and fed Jeff Sh- Jeff. Oh my goodness, Jeff Sessions. Yep. Did I say that correctly.
3: You did. Jeff Sessions
1: fed him fed him a hashtag shit pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom, for the coarse language.
0: It's just a funny word.
1: It is, and and it's definitely, uh, Jeff Sessions, just as a name, is one that I've struggled with a few times this week. Jefferson Beauregard um, Sessions. I'm sure, the sure third. his first name is Jefferson. Good, good, yep. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I found it interesting that they had her go from the monologue, or the cold open, to the monologue, and straight into, um you know they did a trailer after the monologue but i was like that just seemed like a lot of work to put on a, it was an unusual amount of, of work to put on the host to have her do the monologue all by herself without you know bringing in 50 dancers or whatever else like it was that was had a, to kind of carry both of those things and that, that was, was a, very interesting
0: that was a true monologue yeah I was it's like, very it was. rare that they do those anymore yeah they usually do bring in 50 it's other usually people like,
1: Jim Carrey dressed up as Satan singing about pie. Oh, no. It's
3: like an origin story. Remember that? <laughs> oh. We wish we didn't. I'm surprised that no one <laughs> did come out. Like that was what they used I was too. Yeah, that was what they used to do. Like, even back to the 80s, they would do the, just the one host and maybe some writers in the audience asking questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But that was just her. Guys,
0: yeah, um,
1: Usually they were more interactive.
0: Featured Players Conspiracy Corner. Um... What do we think I mentioned this on Twitter just because it's something I noticed. Did you get the impression that people that the, the cast enjoyed Octavia Spencer? No okay, because at the I didn't think anything of it, and then suddenly we get to the good nights, and I know I'm skipping ahead here way ahead, but i I just wanna touch on it now, and there is like a moat like it is a good like two feet at least that like everybody is standing way far back from Octavia Spencer, the only person standing next to her was Father John Misty, and then it seemed like, you know, people were very hesitant to go up and actually, like, talk to her, like, she, Mm -hmm. for the first couple seconds, it was, she kind of was just, like, looking around for anybody to engage with, and wasn't really finding it, and, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't really know anything about Octavia Spencer as a person. So maybe it's easy to read into the, oh, Oscar winner has an ego kind of thing. Is deigning to appear on their show? Could be a little difficult to work with.
3: I don't believe she does. I hope
1: that she's exactly like her character when she played herself in 30 Rock. There was an episode in, I think, the last or second to last season of 30 Rock where Tracy was going to make a serious movie. It was going to be a Harriet Tubman biopic. And he cast Octavia Spencer. And this is about the time The Help came out. And she showed up and was basically a female Tracy Jordan. <laughs> like she she like rips a fire extinguisher off the wall and sprays it on everyone while yelling, I'm a Jedi, I am a Jedi. She has a lady posse named Ms and dot gov. Like she was exactly like Tracy. Oh, she I'm, was just a terror. This is like coming back to like, me now. She was like, I need to wear my like online poker tournament T shirt as Harriet Tubman or I don't get paid. Like a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> and Getting the impression that people i I didn't catch a lot of engagement even in the sketches with the cast, like they seemed a little stilted, and I like thinking about it, I'm like it's because people said their lines, but I don't feel that she had chemistry with people, like some hosts do. yeah it, yeah it, I'm like the, the more i the more I'm speaking, the more I'm like agreeing with myself and agreeing with you that yeah, it's a little weird.
3: I mean, I didn't see the it Mo. Just wasn't, it wasn't. S- I I'm sorry? I didn't see the Mo when I looked back, but I mean, it was like. It was more divided than a usual Goodnights. Um, uh-huh. Like, she spent a lot of time talking to very, a very small amount of people instead of talking to the entire cast. Uh, which could be some sign that it didn't go that great, but I, I don't know. You, you don't really know what. what, what no one's going to write a book about this week, probably.
0: Mm, probably not, no and you know you don't want to get into too much as wild speculation or do we feature players i'm not not
1: even asserting that she's like a bad person i'm just saying like Mm. there there have been hosts and there have been cast members um you know julia louis dreyfus is a person who was pretty vocal about this with her time as a future player that some people just don't gel with the environment and with with the squad and i feel right now like from watching this season with this new crop of, of featured players and the people that they chose to remove, like Jay and Taryn um, this season and, and who they've chosen to keep, which I feel like are a lot of, it's like a real mix of like nothings and true anchors. I think um, Jay wanted
3: to leave. Right, brother
0: I, I don't know.
1: I don't think, I, think I mean, maybe I, Jay, Jay didn't seem to be like, thrilled though. And his response and, and yeah, kind of, It frustrates me that this season we're getting so many impersonations because Jay was selected for, you know, for the job because he could do incredible impressions. Yeah, but he had
3: great characters. And over the
1: course of his tenure there, they hardly let him do anything. Yeah, I
3: mean, like, his principal was, like, one of his best. Like, that's so memorable. Like, that's an iconic character. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes moving on
0: well and I that's a good point that I think I haven't really considered before is that you know not only are Taron and Jay um, and I yeah I I agree I like I think that Jay might have wanted to leave but Jay was definitely not planning to leave and I don't think was happy with the way that he left obviously Um, and I but I do think it's a good point that like Taron Killam and Jay Farrow are probably not only at that point would have been two old guards on the show but definitely two like handholders, I think, and yeah. it's so now it's a lot more new blood, and it's a lot of people who themselves are f- like figuring this out, you know, for themselves. Even if it's somebody like Mikey Day who's been a writer on the show for for four years now,
1: and who has done all kinds, like all manner of SNL type stuff. Like he kind of came on like Karen Killam of like that's true. Hey, here's this crazy long background of stuff I've done for NBC and for improv and sketch and stuff like. Hmm. him I mean it wasn't quite like Taron Killam has been doing sketch comedy since he was a literal child yeah And I wouldn't say Mikey Day's there but he used to write for and do taped segments for Jay Leno I mean I don't know about that
0: but yeah he had Nick Cannon
3: no he did did he oh yeah, yeah
1: he and he and Trevor Moore used to do a bit and it was um it was like I dare you or something like that and they would it was kind of a twist on Jay Leno's Person on the Street. Okay, hold
3: on a second. Um, there was a video that came out um, that was uh, Donald Trump buying a kid, and Repub- Republicans shared it, and they thought it was hilarious. And Mikey Day, and I believe it was Trevor Moore, were for- were photographers in a sketch.
1: That's so funny. Was that for Jay Leno? Uh, possibly. So Leno did. Leno had uh, for like two seasons or so gave Trevor Moore. Pretty much unrestricted uh, kind of free access to go do stuff kind of on the street and with people. And so they would do these like, you know, I dare you to go up to a lady and like, I don't know, like impersonate her walk for like two minutes or something like that. Like they would do dumb, dumb bets and dumb dares. And it was I'm almost positive it was Mikey Day. And um, because I remember seeing him and being like, oh, my gosh. But he also did some stuff, like, he's he's done bits on sitcoms, and he's, he's like, been around. It's not like he's he's totally new, you know? We
3: had a guest that no. knew him from Nick Cannon's Wildin' Out.
1: That's so funny. Yeah, no, I, I remember him from a show called Friends with Benefits. Oh, wow. That was a short-lived, about the same time as Happy Endings. NBC, was, yeah. Yeah, it was Ryan Hansen and Daniil Ackles. And um, he played a guy was obsessed with breastfeeding and like the the twist of it was that he liked to pump himself wow like he wanted mm. to be the one breastfeeding the woman and like it was like it just painted him as this like crazy person and i every time i see him i just think about that whole episode of television that was just so like what is happening there's no way the show will last and it didn't well we've talked for um, we've talked
3: for hours about Kath and kim on the show too Oh, we
0: really have. I was just about to mention for the 40th time, Kath and Kim on the show. I
1: miss Kath and Kim. I watched
0: every goddamn episode of Kath and Kim. Waiting for it to become anything.
1: Knight in shining armor.
0: Because I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we need to have you on more, because I'm constantly amazed at the things you remember from (laughs) (laughs) entertainment gone by.
1: (laughs) I I am um, I'm going to be a terror when I eventually develop dementia,
0: <laughs>
1: and like like senility <laughs> will be hell for those around me.
0: But yeah, that's <laughs> you know we we I, I didn't I didn't watch Wild and Out, but it's still Kath and Kim was almost a decade ago.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah, it was it was during that George that W. Bush of time, was president. Though. A decade ago is about when. I started high school and I finally got a late enough bedtime to really watch TV and (laughs) yeah um, that era actually can be marked by seeing an episode of 30 rock on an airplane and being like hey TVs all right (laughs) and just kind of bucking the system for the next decade and watching everything I can get my hands on because prior to that I was not allowed to watch anything that came on after 8 p.m. pretty much so yeah, um, soaked it all up like a sponge. I'm very stuck in that era.
0: That was the very first time you'd seen 30 Rock?
1: Um, well, it was the first season of 30 Rock had just ended. Okay. Which it episode was, was it? Um, the first one I ever saw was Jack Meets Dennis.
0: Okay. Let's get intro to the show, is the I Bieber think. Which the
1: Beaver King episode.
0: Ah, the Beaver King. Um,
1: and it is one of the best, I think, one of the best episodes of 30 Rock. Before they really, really found their groove, it was just an impeccably written episode um and then i remember also it was jack meets dennis and there was one more um i think it was jack the writer were like the two that they played back to back on this airplane and i was coming home from an eighth grade washington dc trip (laughs) And it was super late at night, and I was like, I'm going to watch some TV. And it was, like, something I wasn't allowed to watch at home, and I came home and just immediately was like, I watch TV now. <laughs> <laughs> and got into, that was, you know, the year, that was the summer I got into 30 Rock in the office, and my name is Earl All those shows.
3: Beep, beep, ribby, ribby. Scrubs, any scrubs?
1: Uh, Yeah. love love scrubs also beep beep ribby ribby yeah i have i have that on a calendar in my my cubicle at work
0: yeah i still often just randomly out of nowhere think about frank actually wrote a draft of beep beep ribby ribby yeah
1: um my my boss actually um pulled me aside like two or three days ago and she was like hey what is your calendar from and it's like a, a minimalist 30 rock monthly calendar i got off etsy oh okay and uh and it's right this month is is a picture of a robot and the, just the words beep beep ribby ribby and she's like what is that from and i was like it's from 30 rock why and she goes because my husband and i have been quoting it to each other randomly for the past decade and we can't remember And we thought it was from the simpsons <laughs> which i think is about the highest praise you can give a one-liner
0: you solved... we thought it
1: was from the simpsons
0: yeah i mean you you solved this like 10 year old mystery for these people
1: yeah she she really was like emotionally invested and then we spent the next probably 20 minutes going through and trying to name all the movies tracy jordan made on the show (laughs) and she printed herself off a who ninja poster for her own office so i got a cool boss yeah you
0: you don't don't leave that job
1: (laughs) don't worry i won't (laughs)
0: that's a good one
1: yeah
0: um bram did you have any other thoughts on kath and kim
3: i mean i think i might have watched two episodes but i don't remember it's so old
0: like, See, when you sandwich a show in like <laughs> at eight thirty on Thursday nights in that era, like I was gonna watch it.
3: I mean that same yeah. year I watched like Caveman the entire run before the writer's strike.
1: Bless it all, cavemen. Man, <laughs> Nick Kroll. I, just in his prime. I don't I think Nick Kroll peaked at Caveman. And, it, and, it, and it was good,
3: guys, because that was early that was, that was early um, commenting on race. No, no yeah. one.
1: <laughs> you mean, like, how everyone thought it was racist because they were cavemen?
3: Uh, I mean, they they pretty much, like, used uh, all the stereotypes of, um of like, a foreigner or, or like, a not-white person and, like, applied it to cavemen. And mm-hmm. it did some interesting stuff. And uh, people just didn't refuse to uh, let it into their hearts. So, Should we speaking start? of race, I oh.
1: actually... I just I wrote down this note and I feel like it might be an appropriate time to wedge it in. Okay. Um in her opening monologue, Octavia Spencer was joking about you know, about race, about racial typecasting, um and just that all that, you know, crap that she and her fellow her co stars from um oh my goodness, what is what is the movie she was just in? Uh Hidden Figures. Cut this part out. Yeah, Hidden Figures, um, about how people were mixing up fences and Hidden Figures and Moonlight and how, you know, it's like, okay, like, three movies with with African-American leads, like, sorry, white people, you're probably really confused. Um, But talking about how she's played a nurse, like, 16 times. But then I felt like the rest of the episode, she kept getting sandwiched into these parts that I was like, eek, this doesn't feel progressive at all it's like they you didn't I mean? like
0: they like they didn't learn anything yeah
1: yeah it was like wow what a what a strong opening monologue and then the next joke is going to be about how black people's names sound like drugs
0: okay
1: and that whole sketch i was like i hope so much a white person didn't write this
3: i want to know and i think part of the reason i want to
0: know what i that. yeah like part of the reason that i was laughing at and like enjoying the like silliness of that is that i was I just, I I basically was telling myself, there is no way this would have gotten made had it not been written by a black writer. And I was telling myself that, and I hope to God it's true. Yeah. Because, yeah, otherwise, (laughs) we got issues. But it was just one of those things where... Because I chose, I guess, to be optimistic last night in a way where I normally am not. And I chose to read into certain things of this show being like, yes, this is why we have diverse voices entertainment
1: okay yeah and and one thing that always warms my heart is when there are three or more black actors in an snl sketch um preferably not including the host because there was a time you couldn't say that it was for a long time it was literally keenan um before that finesse mitchell
3: Dean Edwards, um, we always forget him.
1: Jimmy Fallon was doing blackface up until, like, 2006.
3: Whoa. <sighs> it was really bad. Wait, what yeah, did he do? Yeah,
1: it is really bad. I mean, for God's sake, Fred Armisen used to play Obama. What
3: did what did Fallon do in blackface? Eddie Murphy. Did he really?
0: Oh, he didn't did. he do that on Celebrity Jeopardy?
1: Um, I don't remember what the sketch was. I know it's in his Best Of, though. And I, was, I watched that, like, two years ago with some friends, and and it like his best of is pretty much for for you know the vast majority of it is post 911 like to put it in a in a time context Yeah. and um yeah so like to see that and to have that make it into his best of for like the impression's real i was like this can be a spectacular impression but it's just not called for it's oh, not no, appropriate
3: oh no, I found the picture <laughs> oh, yeah no. you
1: you're going to wish you didn't i mean and billy crystal did sammy davis jr in full blackface it's really bad five years ago (laughs) it's it's bad and i just remember it looking gross oh no like visually it's icky
3: i have to take a break i
1: i gotta i gotta search this now hang on
0: it's oh my god so it looks like it's (sighs) um it's like a live with regis and kelly sketch yeah it is oh dear god See, because I, I I remember that he does that impression. It's on his. It's he did it in his audition.
3: I mean, it's an impression, but you, you oh you know, I found you, you can't do that.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, here's here's a oh. Mm. never mind. Ignore it's me.
3: difficult.
0: Mm. Are we gonna be able to keep going?
1: I think I think. I think comedy's canceled.
0: Yeah, I think it's <laughs> over, guys.
1: I can't do it. <laughs>
3: We're just a bunch of progressive oh. snowflakes here.
1: Oh my gosh, it's not—it's not Eddie Murphy. It's Chris Rock.
3: Oh, that makes more so sense. So I'm,
1: I'm—I'm currently looking at it. That's it. Maybe even worse.
3: That's a lot worse. Um,
1: well, it's no—you know—they're saying it's Chris Rock, but it, this looks like Eddie Murphy.
3: Ugh. Love the jacket. So,
1: <laughs> is Split Cider is saying it was Chris Rock, but this—he really with some of the touches they've taken like the earring and the gap in the teeth and stuff Mm -hmm. and the leather jacket that to me those aren't Chris Rock trademarks
0: it's all just awful
1: it's I mean it doesn't matter who's impersonating he should not be doing that oh oh god there's a fake nose too I hate this
3: (laughs) apparently he did the he did the Chris Rock impression at the Golden Globes
0: oh I I don't I've already I've already blocked that out of my memory. It's only been like two months.
1: That was this year. I'm pretty sure if I if I try to like meditate on that, I'll have a seizure. <laughs> like I don't want to think about it.
0: Why well, don't we just move on to the fake movie trailer then? Okay.
1: Let's do that. It was pretty bad, but it uh it did let Day and a Senor um not talk. So that was cool.
0: <laughs> it's uh it uh, it it certainly had a good uh idea behind it i don't Well intentioned yeah um i i don't know if it this is another one that i felt myself coming back to having trouble with the but you let him host thing yeah you know you there are there there are definitely ways where i can watch the criticism of trump on the show and not think about that but when you're specifically like angling on the like who will stand up to him thing it's like
1: they had a chance
0: guys yeah right exactly
1: And I mean, I I was just having this conversation the other day, too, of I blame SNL a little bit as an American, because I feel like the backlash, the protests, that was sort of a ground zero for was it was a a proving moment for whether as a nation and a culture, this was a thing that was going to happen. And a number of. You know, celebrities, like, I mean, I don't know if I'd call John Leguizamo a celebrity, but uh, John Wick actor, John Leguizamo, um, was one of the louder voices saying, okay, he's hes a racist, he's the worst, I'm not going to listen. And and to me, it's like, yeah, you know, they do that, they're like, okay, who's going to stand up to this tyranny, who's going to stand up to, to this, you know, rampant problem, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, okay, you've upset one side very, very much by letting him host. Then you upset the other side very, very much by not even pretending to be politically neutral or bipartisan or anything, you know, like the not that I'm going to defend um, you know, the alt right or anything like that. But, you know, SNL generally tries to take jabs at both sides. I totally understand why in this instance they've chosen not to do that. They feel like it's a bridge too far, but they did let him host. They did bolster his popularity. They did make him look lovable and funny and every day. And it's infuriating to me as an American. It really is. Because I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Yeah, it's funny that you're saying this person who's going to stand up to this administration definitely isn't Paul Ryan. But at the same time, it's not that funny if you're saying, hey, no one's going to come save us. No one's going to stand up. No one's going to be strong enough. But you had a choice. And you chose not to stand up. You chose not to be strong enough. And as an institution, you chose to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with this guy because we're bipartisan. Like you are talking about both sides of your asshole right now.
0: I, that's something I haven't really thought about before. And I think it's, it's totally true that like, I think that, you know, a lot of people are quick to dismiss as like, it's just SNL. It's just hosting Saturday Night Live. Who cares? But I think it's totally true that like, that was the fir- that was really the first test of like, are we going to be okay with this? Are we gonna let mm-hmm. this be okay? And we're gonna because obviously people were unhappy with it. There was active protesting outside the building when that was going on, but it's still, you know, people decided, yeah, this is this is fine, and that kind of just kept spiraling and spiraling. Mm-hmm. So. No, I definitely hadn't uh hadn't really thought about it in that context before, but I think it's definitely uh definitely true and sadly depressingly so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really frustrating. Um and also I just felt that that joke was like funny the first time in that trailer and then it was like okay, we get it. It's TVD.
0: Yeah, it was Ugh. a like good initial reveal. You're kind of wondering what what it's going to be. And then yeah, they didn't really I never really uh, elevated it i guess they never did anything to really switch it around it's just the yeah quick quick talking you know placeholder voiceover
1: which i felt like was consistent with this episode of things never really escalated they just kind of continued to be the joke and then at the end it was like ah that thing you thought yeah not totally Full true agree. he doesn't really know how to play chess or <laughs> you know, do you even work here like those kind of things like it's like okay that's not really elevating the joke that's like like shoddily wrapping it up
0: that's a fair point and I
1: I felt like the TBD thing it was like well if you're not going to go any further okay the Paul Ryan thing is funny we could have had that 30 seconds ago this could have been a very short trailer but it dragged
0: yeah I agree would have been better maybe didn't need to be the full minute
1: was it only a minute it felt so
0: long (laughs) well Hulu says it's a minute but Hulu doesn't like Hulu rounds to the nearest minute like they don't show you like exactly how long okay so uh, it probably was over, like it was probably maybe closer to ninety seconds.
1: I mean like that crack I made about like, you know, forced gump, like I felt like the whole episode had moments where I was like, Oh boy, we are we are determined to make this joke happen <laughs> and we will not rest until it's happened. And I think certain cast members, like Leslie Jones is good to bring in for that because like like in the um the episode was at Felicity Jones, who hosted, where Tina Fey was like, "When you see Leslie Jones come out being all weird, it's because they didn't have anything to write. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't write anything." I I feel like, yeah, things. At a certain point, I was like, "This whole episode is just kind of dragging." Like, okay, yeah, you really have a kid named Tylenol. That's very funny. Okay.
0: Yeah, that was a that was not an inspired uh, name from that one.
1: I will say though, one of my very best friends from college is named Allegra
0: i've heard that as a real name too
1: it is a real name and she was named shortly before uh, the medication went on the market and what's even funnier is her father's an ear nose and throat doctor and she's a person with a lot of allergies and allegra is a prominently prescribed allergy medication um by ear nose and throat doctors so she yeah her her life has been uh it's been a, a rough road so to speak with that name
0: (laughs) oh
3: Oh my god
1: yeah but yeah and then i just i don't know like what do you guys think of girl at a bar that was pretty good you liked it I i i
0: liked it too i definitely um it was i'm not exactly sure why but it did it was another one of a few sketches this year that kind of um I guess surprised me a little bit, jarred me a little bit in terms of what, what can be said on the show. Yeah. I I agree. It's edgy. I get from maybe from your tone, maybe you weren't very happy about that.
1: No, I, um, I think my frustration comes from the fact that it was way real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, you know, I've, I've done the whole, like you're, you're in a bar and it's like, whether it's it's updating or just just meeting someone um kind of having to be on the lookout for like are you a feminist or are you saying that because you want something you know like it's mm-hmm. it's that whole it's a whole culture i feel like and i i really pity single girls right now because i think with things like the women's march like um i i recently saw a screen grab from some you know it was one of those viral screen grabs from a a dating app and it was like looking for you know a a man who's who's young or uh, i'm looking for an older man and the guy was like well why not go for someone your own age and it was like because young men go to uh the women's march and and say they're they're feminists but they won't even like they won't treat me well and they won't talk to me i'm just looking for a man who's honest and will ignore me (laughs) (laughs) doesn't pretend to be a feminist um i I really butchered the joke, but it's yeah i I feel like yeah it's it's a rough thing to find a guy in general who claims to be a feminist and isn't doing it to get some kind of reaction, and i that's you know not all men, but i mean the guy i mean obviously if a dude shows up in a vest covered in buttons and one of those pussy hats. <laughs> I think I think you know what camp he's in,
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: but I don't know, i mean i'm I'm dating a really great guy who i you know identifies as a feminist and and I love him very much and i I believe he's completely legit in his convictions I just yeah i I feel like it's very real to be like, oh yeah, no, i you know the the guy shows up in the future is female shirt, and it's like, well, what do I have to do, you know i mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, why won't you sleep with me? Like, what do I have to do? It's like, ugh, this is just kind of. It was, it was very real to me. I really hope some of that rant gets edited because I think I just, I just sounded really awful <laughs> <laughs> towards a whole gender that I, I really do like.
0: No, but... I, 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 first of all, we don't edit anything on this show.
1: Oh, that's awesome. We have
0: all kinds <laughs> of things that we say that we cannot take back.
3: Oh no! Take oh. it up with the editing department, uh, d- Brendan. What was the game show that I edited? Like five minutes? Are you talking about?
0: It was. It was a beautiful, wonderful ABC game show called Five Hundred Questions. Yeah, that's
3: right. That was the one. Oh, that sounds
1: awful. I <laughs> like how you
0: were like, "Yeah, that's right."
3: That sounds awful.
1: No, I get stressed out by twenty questions.
0: It it really is a terrible game show. It's just awful. all right. Let's stop um i wasn't gonna say any more. that's all i was gonna say
3: okay
1: right, um i i feel like i need to like off the air though brendan please explain the rules
3: <laughs> or why don't
0: i explain them right now there's one contestant
1: <laughs> you know what brendan we'll meet up at a bar later you can mansplain them to me it will right. be great
3: okay it was,
0: actually i don't really
3: go to it's always been controversial when I mentioned Matt McGorry as as one of those types of people who feels like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Yeah. if if you say, if you say that to the wrong person, they're going to like snap at you. No, he's a real feminist, but I don't buy it.
1: No, I just, I love, I love all, the, like, the clapbacks he gets about, like, you know, I'm a man who's, you know, I'm taking a picture of myself shirtless and crying. Like, and shut I'm, up. I'm I'm doing it because I'm a man, and, like, the clapback being, your masculinity is the most fragile of all. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, buddy. I love it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what he took a picture of himself, but like, yeah, from I a mean, truck. Yeah.
1: I... <laughs> Yeah, I I loved, like, because I think it's funny, because I think it it did skewer kind of both sides of, like, the, like, I didn't find Cecily Strong's character to be particularly, like, interesting as a person, which kind of made me laugh, Um, because she was like, oh, yeah, no, like, totally going along, like, men are terrible, (laughs) and it's like, okay, yeah, sure, and then it was like, you know, he's like, I apologize for my gender, it was like, oh, boy, (laughs) We've crossed the Rubicon here, want <laughs> we we'll move on to the next one. You know, yeah.
0: Um, what do we have next? Oh, this is the um, this is the voice. Next cast. was
1: Zoopolis.
3: Yeah. Okay, so you uh, Melinda was on the Ariana Grande episode. Where, where I would say we had the same blueprint. Um, that one was mm-hmm. Spotify. Like we lost the songs title or something and like was that, was yeah. that was that it.
1: It was Tidal. It was Tidal. Tidal crashed, and they had to Poonamars, impersonate yeah. all the female vocalists on Tidal. Okay.
3: So that was that. Like, that was directly playing to the strengths of um, Ariana Grande. Um, what you could assume happened at the beginning of the, mo- of the week, maybe if they were slow in writing, you know, Octavia tells the writers what impressions she could do, or... i
1: can kind of do oprah i can kind of do viola davis
3: i was
0: very worried when this started that she was only gonna do oprah and that the like i really thought where they were going at first was like wait is this just gonna keep being oprah and the audience is gonna go nuts and the takeaway from the sketches were supposed to be like wow what a good oprah impression because oh my god
1: it wasn't that good and
0: thankfully it wasn't that because no it wasn't that good it'd be a great impression. i was impression. very concerned they were going in the direction of like like they thought it was amazing and we were going to have to be like
1: uh so melissa villasenor has the same kind of background as jay Farrow, in that she um not that long ago like over the summer she was on dana carvey's oh. um first impressions i think oh, is what yeah. it's called oh yeah um and I don't remember if she won or not, but she was, you know, she's on an episode, which is a pretty big deal. because It's only three Impressionists per and there were only like five episodes. But um, she actually has videos. If you look her up on YouTube, like she was on America's Got Talent. She was on uh, Dana Carvey show. And then she also did this series of videos of like she impersonated a celebrity doing their to do list for the day. Oh, okay. And so it was like she'd wake up and she was J-Lo. She'd wake up, she was Owen Wilson. Um, and, I mean, those were two that, that showed up in in this. She woke up, I think Gwen Stefani may have been one. Um, but, yeah, like with Owen Wilson, it was like, gonna smoke some weed and look at a bird. Like, wow. wow. And <laughs> I did laugh pretty hard when they switched gears on her and, like, made her do new things. It was like, oh, just kidding, it's actually this. Or just kidding, it's actually that and the the basis for this sketch really made me laugh because I'd seen a very similar one during the post show improv at Second City um where they did it was like, okay, well, the setup for this scene that isn't scripted, but we're you know we're setting it up was it was a recording booth and it was like, oh I need I need you to record this as Chad Kroger from Nickelback, just kidding. I need you to record it as Stevie Wonder, just kidding I need you you know it was like putting putting an actor through the ringer like that." much to the absolute delight of the audience. And I was like, this is a very improv club audience service kind of sketch. And honestly, I really live for the impression like marathon kind of sketches that are all just, you know, just do one after the other. Because I I love hearing um, what actors can do, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. I think impressions are really great. I'm one of the last people that thinks they're truly funny. (laughs) But... um. I don't know, I mean i I liked this and I, but I was like, what I wrote was I was like, you know it's it was like nobody wrote anything but puns, and I think <laughs> via Senor Slade, and I think the Javier Bardem thing was probably the first out loud laugh um that I contributed to the entire time I was watching um. But yeah, I just, mm, I I think there's, there's some degree of like, okay, this wasn't written. This was just played. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And they, they clearly went from like, I mean, that Hugh Grant was excellent that, you know, that, um, like who knows how JLo talks? Like, do do you guys have like a, it's kind of like Jennifer Aniston. Like I forget how she talks and then I hear someone impersonate her and I'm like, oh, that's good or bad
0: yeah you, you...
1: Lo. I just like all I have is like the the track of Jenny from the block running through my head I never think about what she sounds like
0: I I just think back to the Smash Mouth sketch
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> what
0: the the Smash Mouth SNL sketch with J with from the JLo episode you remember that <laughs> no um where Nassim Pedrada's no. little girl and she's afraid because Smash Mouth is in her closet no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a, that was amazing. And ja- I don't remember. And then it was great cuz Jason Sudeikis plays her dad and he comes in later and he has such a funny like dad just got woken up in the middle of the night look. Like they've messed up his hair and his pajama pants are like extremely high-waisted. And he's like like he's, his eyes are barely open. It's it's great.
1: <laughs> I need to look into that immediately. Oh,
0: it's 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 terrific it's I don't know five or six years old at this point now
1: okay yeah I don't know how I missed it
0: <laughs> and it's um Bobby it... Moynihan is the guy is the smash Bros. guy <laughs> and there's the whole I thing love... where you know she's you know Jennifer Lopez and like Nick, nothing's in the closet and, and Nassim Badrata's like no mom I can see
1: their soul patches <laughs> 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 sorry for all the peaking audio for me cracking up um yeah, I like the thing I really loved about this sketch that really cracked me up. I feel like was very inside baseball for my own life. And that was um when she she switched gears and did an Owen Wilson impression. Uh how she she changed how her face looked.
0: <laughs> yeah, she does do that.
1: Because um I don't know, like my my boyfriend Jake likes to Uh, impersonate Owen Wilson and I wouldn't say he's like great at it (laughs) but the thing with that is like he personally has a very low voice and so trying to get his voice high enough he always makes like an Owen Wilson face like it's like necessary to him like properly gotta get in the character
2: yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) and so it's like when people do a De Niro how they have to like frown and stick out their chin and like pucker their lips and stuff and um yeah I just she did that and I just oh man I lost it it was great
0: I did get a kick out of her Kate McKinnon impression.
1: Oh man, very good. But I, it made me wonder, like, is is Melissa Villaseñor just, like, is she kind of a McKinnon understudy? Because I feel like McKinnon kind of understudied Kristen Wiig for a while. They overlapped, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I just can't. Im- but then I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that she's gotten the fair shake that McKinnon got.
3: I just can't imagine Villaseñor getting a second year, uh, seeing how Moffat and Day are, like, really getting it and really, like, blending in mm-hmm. because the writers are clearly writing things for the white men. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, Via Senor, I'm sure she offers a lot, but I don't know if she is. She's offering um, what she needs to she's, do to really prove herself.
1: She's Kate McCucci esque Okay, that's
3: yes, pretty good, actually. Very... Yeah.
1: But the thing about Kate McCucci is... Um, well, I would say she's, she's like, an, an appealing, like, persona. Um, she, like... Melissa Villasenor is very stiff. And she has kind of an odd speaking voice. Like, her register is, like... She doesn't open her mouth very far when she talks. Mm-hmm. She kind of has, like, a throaty voice. And from that perspective, I just don't know if she has the versatility Kate McKinnon has. Because Kate McKinnon also has kind of a unique voice, a unique way of speaking. And they were able to... They've been able to shape all these characters and build them around her. I just don't know if Melissa Villasenor is... able to rise to the occasion in the same way. Which I find really disappointing, because I think her, her aptitude, her talent, is there. It's just... I just don't know if she has the the versatility that would lend her to being a commodity like that which bums me out
0: yeah i'd agree with that i think energy is something else that's lacking that they don't have in common i think you're totally spot on about talent being there but it it, a lot of her performances are kind of i mean not that she's been given like dynamic characters to play but they all seem a tad lifeless and maybe that speaks mm-hmm. to the, you know, we can assume maybe like how her, her tenure there was going, but
2: that's a bummer. It's hard
0: to say. It is, yeah, because it is is a it's an unfortunate thing that like, I think maybe one of the things that was so what made um like Rudnitsky such this figure of our scorn last year was that like, it is very rare that this treatment of like. A cast member, basically, like immediately getting thrown into the garbage, happens to a man, and I think mm-hmm. that, like, it isn't a thing that befalls the the female cast members far too often. We've seen it happen to great people like Jenny Slate and Michaela Watkins and Noel Wells, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you know, SNL has definitely given up on trying to pretend they're perfect, and I think it's a bummer because I just. <laughs> like you guys, like like you said, she's been immediately thrown in the garbage. And um I was so excited when I saw they finally had a Latina actress on the show because there was like a a misunderstanding when Cecily Strong started where there was a rumor that she had Latina ancestry and she she doesn't identify as such. And um th- that's one of those it's like minorities people always focus it seems like on on African American Uh, presence on the show but it's like there's been a serious lack of um of latino players there's been a serious lack of of um asian or middle eastern players it's it really has been predominantly white and
3: it feels like middle eastern is the thing that's coming next and you know Hmm. over over the past few years i mean i know i'm not perfect but it feels like that would be a big statement. That would maybe happen next year, um,
1: but well, I mean, Nassim Pedrad.
3: Sure, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more direct um, towards like that, like like something they could actually put out, like on like a newspaper. Like that would like really mm-hmm. stir up some some feathers. Um,
1: <laughs> stir up those feathers. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I mean, they could hire these minorities but really it all depends on who the writing staff is and do you have um latina writers that are going to help these cast members get by or are you going to let the writers that are already there um write for what they know write their Beck, write for for kyle mooney write for um for alex and mikey and
1: for Terrayn kill him for years
3: yeah, for telling for Terran kill him. and and they're used to doing that, and they don't mm-hmm. and maybe they don't necessarily know how to write the um the the uh the latino or latina experience <laughs> the American experience sure um, I, I, we were talking about yeah. mad TV over the summer, which they oh, had no. <laughs> i guess they had they had one they had one woman on there I don't remember her name but they they used her and they used. They use everyone's race on the show to do racially focused sketches. And I hope that's because they did have a diverse writing staff. I'm assuming they did. Um, SNL, they they're they're doing a lot better. Um, as far as Leslie Jones, Shashir. I know when Shashir was hired, there was like two or three years when she really wasn't doing anything, you know, worthy of keeping them on, but I think now she definitely has a purpose. So I would hope they yeah. give her a chance to stay on and I would hope that um they range out into more you know diverse groups of people in the future.
1: Well, it's tricky too because Mad TV from the beginning had a lot of that like oh, you're Latina, we're going to put you in this role as like a chola and it's like okay.
3: Yeah, and they did the
1: maybe no. They... Like like you know, and that's it became this this weird kind of dichotomy of like people started to feel that you know, like there was a living color which was intended to be a sketch show for you know, for everyone, but also where the African American community was predominantly represented. Plus Jim Carrey. And mm, plus Jim Carrey, plus Jim Carrey. Um, um, <laughs> but but you know, like there were two white people on that cast like at one time ever, it was the opposite, and and I don't doubt for a second that was intentional, but. I guess my bigger thing with with finally having a Latina, I guess, um, as yeah, um, as somebody who identifies as as having partial Latina, you know, Latina ancestry, I feel like it's important just that she's there, and it makes me sad that you know anybody is getting immediately dumped in the garbage. I just I wish. You know, I feel like you can't make the excuse of like, oh, it's not about hiring, you know, based on affirmative action. It's she has to be talented. Well, she is talented. And, you know, can she hold her own in a sketch? She can. I think there's some degree of she's green and there's, you know, she's she's a good um, you know stand up impressionist. She can do impressions in front of a microphone very, very well. I wonder if maybe she isn't quite ready for SNL. Um, she's still the more I quite th- think about young it.
0: She's still quite What, she's 26?
1: Yeah, she's a baby.
0: Yeah. Um, and, God, now I forgot what I was going to say. Do you have any thoughts, Ram? While I try to remember mine.
3: <laughs> on the sketch?
0: No, uh, on, on, oh, okay, I, now thank you for letting me stall. Like, we, one of the <laughs> sketches that we did really like her in from just a few weeks back was the, uh, Aziz Ansari oh, yeah. uh, role playing thing and that was a sketch that did really point to the fact that um, maybe she is ready she can do things that aren't um, impressions. She
3: did Owen Wilson in that sketch let's not forget that.
0: Well yeah that's very true. That is true. We, can, we really can't <laughs> forget that. Um, what if she just did an Owen Wilson impression in literally every sketch she was in from now until she leaves the show?
1: I mean Casey Wilson when she was on the show kind of did that over enunciating wine mom character in every sketch yeah and
2: the cougar and
1: that went fine for her (laughs) (laughs) maya rudolph kind of did the character who talks like this in every sketch and she got her own show
0: (laughs) is maya marty going to come back next summer
1: i i doubt it let's weigh in panel
0: i don't think so i don't think so either
1: yeah i liked it i had a great conversation at my my best friend's wedding with his mom and his aunt uh, about how they both had a big old crush on martin short and um how how delightful Maya and marty was to them two 50 something ladies drinking scotch yeah i kind of won that was really nice
0: (laughs) it does make me wonder if like i do think martin short plays a big role in like is he gonna want to do that again regardless of whether or not nbc wants to do it again
1: i think he'll keep doing it just by himself in his rec room <laughs> you know put on the british teeth and be like would you like some spotted dick <laughs> like that's the kind of joke he wanted to do yeah and um oh i mean really wanted to to make laugh in and he would do... I think he will continue to make laughing in his basement without any audience.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, these these shows would be, like, you know, 42 minutes long. And, like, 11 of them would be Jiminy Glick. And you were like, good God. Oh, my God. What year is it?
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, was my best friend's mom's favorite character. Oh, of
3: course it was.
1: <laughs> he does the Jiminy Glick. <laughs>
3: Guys, I <laughs> loved that character. It was just too much I it was too just too much on that show. <laughs>
1: I, I think Jiminy Glick is It was like six a... it was like
3: six minute segments.
1: It's a very iconic but like in a weird way kind of thing. I, I loved like him having really high profile people on and messing with them. Um it makes me sad that, that Jan Hooks has passed on because she played she always played Jiminy Glick's wife Dixie Glick. <laughs> and Um, I think that was like a role Jan Hooks was born for. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll come back. I don't think the people are pushing for it too hard. It was a fun experiment.
0: I think um, two years from now, like not, not this summer, but next summer we'll see another NBC variety show pilot with Maya Rudolph. And then that won't work. And then in 2020 they'll try it again. They'll just keep trying to give her. <laughs> How
1: many is that now? Two? This is
0: two now on top of the failed Maya Rudolph show. Oh Which boy. I think I didn't like that much either, but I think I I think I might have liked that better.
1: She's. I think she keeps leaning a little bit to Lawrence Welk show sketchy. Yeah. Um. But then it's like, oh, but the punchline has to do with somebody's pussy.
0: <laughs> I think the problem is that like. <laughs> She could be really funny doing, like, something kind of like single camera, no laugh track on Comedy Central. But I think she's afraid of what... Well, she
1: did Up All Night.
0: Yeah, she did the laugh ride up all night. <laughs> <laughs> but I do...
1: She carried those turkeys. And then you know what
0: happened is then then, then Up All Night was such a, like disaster they decided that the only way they could save it is turn it into a multicam sitcom oh, no. now that never ended
1: and the only way they could save that was to cancel it forever <laughs> yeah
0: that, that those i am it still makes me so sad that that never materialized because it's like i can't think of anything i'd rather watch than a single cam or a multicam sitcom becoming the opposite oh yeah like, I it's love a that. glimpse oh, at an alternate reality
3: what is um what are examples of that like an actual format switch Oh, is that Happy um, Days? Has that ever happened?
0: Watching Ellie on NBC back sure. in the day with Julie Louis Dreyfus no. is one of the notable ones.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, I guess in terms, it's it's not a lot of ones that switched format. There are a lot of shows that that eventually ditched a laugh track, sports night being one of them. Um Yeah, I don't know. Um you, did you, you mention Happy Days? Like, Happy, that Happy Days pilot right? was
3: um was single cam
1: yeah that's bizarre yeah it it was well and and you know the eldest cunningham child uh never he uh he got destroyed in the switch <laughs> um the the very the very transition tore him limb from limb he he dematerialized <laughs> with his basketball somewhere in between the first and second episode
0: r.i.p chuck
3: the most frustrating uh, thing chuck is cunningham try to talk to parents about like the styles of television if they don't if they like they like television but they don't actually care about how it's made um like i remember when my dad was watching um like that first season of true detective and there was that episode of the seven minute uh mm-hmm. this, the seven minute take and it just lost on him because he didn't notice and like you yeah know, i showed him like like isn't this amazing and he just he just like didn't see the like how how the marvel at <laughs> at, how, at how impressive it is and I, th- I think even the transition of, like, this is a multi-cam show and this is a single-cam show, like, some people just don't, just can't grasp that idea, <laughs> which is wild.
1: Yeah, well, and then, you know, like, the concept of, if you just kind of passively go, okay, like, an example of a single-cam show is The Office. Well, The Office actually shot with two cameras. But it, it's still not a multicam show, a sim- and like trying to explain it's that it's a single cam yeah. show
3: in terms of as as it's edited. Like, it doesn't matter how many cameras. Yeah, but are it's there. it's an
1: over it's an over shoulder. You know, they they sometimes needed two cameras to keep the day moving, and that's true. of A lot of shows. I think New Girl also shoots with two, but it's like no, you ha- like <sighs> trying to explain that to someone who doesn't care enough. Like yeah. literally, you have to be like, okay, multicam is is a staged essentially a staged show.
0: It's the same thing as when when you if you if you try to men- if you try to make reference to the laugh track and people want to say it's not a laugh track it's all like it's it's recorded in front of a real audience and you have to be like that's me bro chill I'm trying to make a point about like that's not what I mean.
1: How I Met Your Mother was uh, recorded in front of hostages (laughs) (laughs) yeah they would record the episode and then and then actually bring it to a live studio audience because they switch sets so many times
0: yeah that was a that was a i do remember that quote saying that it would feel like a hostage situation if they were to film that in front of a live audience because there are like there you can go to youtube and watch clips of people who are like look it's the same you can hear the Mm -hmm. same voice laughing yeah but yeah there my favorite was there are times where i try to sorry go ahead oh
1: my aunt and uncle's, um, their goddaughter, yeah. used to work on the show Mom. Oh, yeah. And she was, like, telling me that she invited them out to a recording or to a taping, and, and their laughs got recorded on, on, like, two or three episodes. And there's nothing funnier to me than being able to hear someone's awkward laugh that you recognize <laughs> on a show. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there are two episodes of the show Mom that you can hear my uncle very distinctly laughing in. <laughs> And, um, and I, I just, yeah, uh, the live studio audience is not a myth because no. a person can tank a show, <laughs> <laughs> but producers love awkward laughers. What were you saying?
0: Um, oh, I, th- I think I was just gonna say like, you know, there have been times where I've tried, I've wanted to criticize where like, oh, it's, it certainly sounds as if the, um, like volume Of the of the audience response on like Big Bang Theory feels overly loud compared to other sitcoms, and it's like, okay, I don't have enough characters in my tweet to say like live studio audience response track or like whatever, so I'll use the words laugh track, and people try to get annoyed about like it's not with a laugh track, it's recorded in front of a real audience, and it's like, okay, great, but that's not I don't that's not what I want to talk about, like that is a boring conversation i'm trying to talk about something else and i just feel like that's a frustrating thing where people want to get caught up in semantics and it's like or we could talk about anything more interesting
1: (laughs) my my college sitcom professor um kind of came from the same era of like his favorite show is big bang theory because it it tapes like those old shows from the 70s and 80s in in how it's made like it's made very classically which is why old people watch it which is why it has such high ratings um but yeah like in in that like school of thought it's like the bigger the laugh the better and I'm like I don't think that's necessarily what does it and I think that was evidenced going back to this episode of like yeah people were riotously laughing at Octavia Spencer talking about breadcrumbs Mm
2: -hmm. but at the
1: same time like if you were to take that laugh away would it be that funny it's like funny but it's not a good impression
0: and yeah? and, and it's also just i i feel like there's no winning because i also you know i totally agree with that and yet the, when they when they people actually put the clip on youtube of like a big bang theater without the laughter i just want to be like go fuck yourself like <laughs> just like this isn't like, I like I see what you're trying, but, like, I also think you're kind of being, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm stubborn, It's a guys. little
1: bit, yeah, it's a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. Like, I feel <laughs> like it Ultimately, shows are hard to make, though. Oh, know? yeah. Like, and that's we have to consider that, I guess, to some degree.
0: I just think it's, like, it's become the most boring opinion ever to be, like, multicam shows suck. And I think that's what those videos are trying to say. So.
1: I think what they're yeah. trying to say is the Big Bang Theory is poorly written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, I don't, or didn't, I don't know what the, the current status up to the minute is on the Carmichael show, but I, I didn't always find the Carmichael show to be funny, ha ha, minute to minute either, but you do have to have those sounds in there to keep the show moving.
0: Yeah, it is true.
1: If we went by how honestly someone laughed. Yeah, I don't know. But I th- I think with SNL, it's different because if, if a joke doesn't get a laugh, it's almost a political statement. Yeah. Whereas on a sitcom, if a joke doesn't get a laugh, okay, look, this thing is not live. Let's just keep going. I think the worst thing is... Like, we have to have a joke here.
3: The people who, they say, like, SNL isn't funny anymore. (laughs) And it's always like, they loved it in high school, but now they don't, you know. It's always somebody who doesn't watch the show. It frustrates me to no end. Mm -hmm.
1: I I will say, like, as somebody who's a, a huge fan... Of SNL and and has been for you know pretty much my whole life. Like I will say, I I haven't the season hasn't grabbed me the way past seasons have. Um, but at the same time, yeah. Like if I look back, I'm like, oh, the best seasons were when I was you know age 14 to 20. Well, okay, is that my maturity? you know like do we all love snl the most when we're in high school and college
0: that's or certainly what is it lord really, michaels thinks or is it
1: really that it's better because yeah i would postulate it's probably a maturity level thing it's maybe aimed towards high school and college and then if you still appreciate it you still appreciate it but i think it people's love of the show like ties into what they were doing when they were watching it
3: definitely yeah it's an interesting theory.
0: there are not many shows you can tie that to because most shows don't run that long yeah but there have been people who have been watching the show their entire lives
1: Mm -hmm. and I mean for me like my favorite seasons like truly were you know when the the stars of the show were like Fred Armisen and Jason Sudeikis and Kristen Wiig but at the same time I you know I look back and I'm like okay well there were some some serious serious like farts in those seasons oh yeah it really was like every, you know, generally with SNL, every third or fourth episode is spectacular, but you can only do so much if you have a host that isn't gonna be game for things. Or, you know, like the Benedict Cumberbatch episode, I was like, oh, it's it's just bad, yeah. and I don't know what anyone could have done. Did you guys remember
3: January Jones? Oh. Oh my gosh, how, yes, how because she had not? an
1: incredible sketch with Muskrat Love. <laughs> And um, the sketch was was bad. I mean, it was so bad. It was like her, and some guy probably Jason Sudeikis, given the era. But um, they were like laying down, looking at the stars, and he was like making pop culture references, like. Oh yeah. And she was like, "Oh, my favorite song is Muskrat Love," <laughs> and um, that turned into a, an inside joke in in our house about Muskrat Love. And my mother remembering all the words to mess, grab up and singing them. And now I know all the words, and I wish I didn't. But, yeah. Thanks, January Jones, for Brendan. being bad at your job.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, it's...
1: She's so good on Last Man on Earth, Oh, she's show. really good. It's frustrating, really. And,
0: I mean, she's... Th- I definitely warmed to her as Mad Men went on. I just think that live TV's is not, th- not her bag. I mean, literally, her first yeah. appearance in a sketch in that episode is her holding, like, a, I don't know if she's holding a live animal or she's like standing in front of live animals, and she's looking off to, the, like, camera right and shouting to nobody, which camera? <laughs> it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, she, she also, um, they kept putting her in sketches basically as Betty Draper. Yeah, which is frustrating. Like it was like she had a it was was it called Bust Must, and it was like a an exercise oh I it was think exercise so exercise equipment for the fifties sixties housewife, and it was like yeah how you should behave, and they did the blah, blah, blah.
0: ladies' guide to party planning short. Mm-hmm. Because all dogs are boys and all cats are girls. <laughs> Move on.
1: <laughs> I forgot. Let <about> us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that is one of my favorite joke structures, that whole, like, <laughs> because that's not, <laughs> yeah, just the notion, that juvenile notion that an a- all animals are a single gender
0: <laughs> kills. Stating, stating ridiculous things as objective fact is funny.
1: Yes, which which I think is, is partially why um, Beth and I have always meshed well in our senses of humor because that's like half of her shtick is being like this thing is true because i said so <laughs> and i i just cannot i cannot contain myself i, I find it so funny but yeah <laughs> we've
0: anyway. we spent a long time not wanting to talk about the chess
3: sketch can we just not talk What's about there it to i don't talk about. have I anything to say. he
1: doesn't know how to play chess
0: I was. This is like this was. Yeah, the, I was tuning out of this one pretty fast. Tbh, we good. I, I think we're good. We're good. <laughs>
1: okay, good. <laughs> okay. Uh, can we discuss how is over in it. the past when we've done um, restaurant, they've done restaurant themed sketches. They've gotten permission from the franchise, but Cinnabon just would not what sign it off. Called?
0: Sticky bun. Sticky bun. Oh no! <laughs> it's like the
1: only
3: episode. It's uh, well.
1: It's... Generally, they can get McDonald's yeah. or Barnes and Noble or Subway. Yeah, yeah. If you everything. think about it, Sparrow.
0: even in those sk- like we've talked about, you know, because this season they're doing the product placement or whatever, and like was it was it a Burger King that they did that um like Hummer limo thing was that what yeah. it was? Yeah. And, yeah, um, and it was
1: like the the Fire Whopper. Yeah, they were
0: talking about this new product and you are just like rolling your eyes at it.
1: Is that is that like an officially new thing they're doing this season? Well, there was
0: an article about it like, I don't know, end of last season or maybe even in the summer about how like they were going to cut ads by 30% and you were going to huh. start seeing like sponsored content during the show. And I get and I think it did It's been more subtle than some people definitely thought. And I think that the first couple of times it happened, people did have to kind of say, like, is this what it is? So I guess that's okay. Um,
1: Can I just say that uh, the phrase, we're open, the food isn't trash, and it's not Christmas, could be the tagline for any episode of SNL this season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) there's there's lots of stuff that I found to like in here. And I it comes back to something that Seth Meyers has said about comedy, which is like nothing makes him laugh more than someone being really patient with a crazy person. And that is exactly (laughs) like what Beck Bennett is doing in this. (laughs) Because, yeah, that like completely like smile, like from ear to ear on his face saying that line (laughs) is is amazing yeah good sketch
1: that was another sketch that really cracked me up when she said um when she called milk cow piss Uh. (laughs) i don't i don't know why but uh lately i've had a lot more a lot more contact with vegans okay um than in the previous two decades two and a half decades of my life and (laughs) i feel like that's the kind of thing that a vegan would pejoratively call milk
3: is jake vegan
1: no, his his family is. Oh them. no! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're kosher vegans. It's going great.
0: And even just even just the. She bagged herself a it... Jew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got one. <laughs> as John Mulaney would say.
0: Something you and Beth haven't. I found
1: I found the the tallest, most like, redneck jewish guy in the world but i'm happy you found
0: the tallest of all the jews
1: (laughs) (laughs) the the tall jewish redneck i'm happy Yay. anyway (laughs) (laughs) i just remember beth and i like to reminisce about how a year ago year and a half ago i guess we were both like oh i'm single and alone wouldn't it be funny if i had a nice jewish boyfriend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now she's like married to bram and i'm dating jake and we're like we both are just like, wow, what started we wish on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks podcast.
0: Podcasts are magical.
3: It was podcasts. It was literally your podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and a lot of a lot of things actually, it was really funny cuz when I first met Jake, he like was very um we we met and connected like the first texts we exchanged, like his sly way of getting my number was having me text him the name of a podcast and um not ours but it was it was funny because I was like oh my gosh this is like podcasting wasn't something I was like I didn't listen to a lot of podcasts before I had one so yeah it's true like most most good things that have happened to Beth and I are uh are podcast related so thanks podcast
3: it's pretty wonderful
1: yeah life life is beautiful <laughs>
0: this is some sponsored content for podcasts
1: and jewish they're great it's
3: true (laughs) i'm surprised how the whole the year of events worked out but they worked out
1: holy crap yeah no i no kidding but yeah everything everything uh came full circle we're good it's all good they worked out okay we're all cute we're all
3: cute (laughs) (laughs) We Bring that
1: back.
0: Um. Oh, the other thing. That, so yeah, we sorry. What, what? what were you gonna say?
1: Oh, don't worry about oh, okay. it.
0: <laughs> no, the, just the only other thing I was gonna say about the sticky bun thing was I like that they um, just the "Will you eat?" that also made me laugh, and I also oh like I like that they went they they went a few uses of it without like the other characters being like, "Why are you saying
2: that?"
1: <laughs> it was like it was in the manual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was this very bizarre way.
1: Welcome of Cuban. will you speaking eat?
0: Speaking English that that, that that was like company enforced. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like the idea of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the new can I get you anything. Yeah. Um okay. I I need like I need like a um a like a courtroom teddy bear. And uh, a safe, like a, a what's the term I'm looking for? A shock blanket and like a safe space, like a panic room. And if we're gonna discuss Chucky chocolate.
0: Ooh, <sighs>
2: okay.
0: Well, you're skipping over the wine bar, though. Oh. We, we also entirely skip weekend update, but I don't really care about it's that. It's good.
1: There. Uh, it happened. Yeah. I don't remember, Weekend I don't update
0: remember. continues to be on every episode of Saturday Night Live.
1: Michael Shea and Colin Jost continue to host. We haven't it.
3: done an evening episode in a while, so maybe it's the loose. vibe is a like, bit low energy. But we're all uh... low
0: energy. I'm full of energy.
3: Well, you're drinking,
1: so honestly, I'm ready him, to like, go. I, Huh? I I feel I feel like I'm almost um, like too high energy. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's not that late here. I get a really <laughs> so. bad
3: chair with not good back support, so.
1: Aw, buddy. Okay.
3: We're we're getting through it.
1: You'll <laughs> be all right. Can anyone
0: actually remind me like what the premise of this wine bar sketch is? I don't know what it is. Just... Is this? Is...
1: I don't think it was when I did when I did my watch. I didn't do it live. I did it today, okay, um, on NBC.com, and I don't remember a wine bar <laughs> sketch. I didn't take. I watched
3: on. it. but I don't remember what happened in it. I think, okay, oh, that oh, was, oh, I think oh, was oh.
0: happening is Cecily Strawn, like, yes. was out with her friends, friends and she was, like, excited to introduce <gasps> oh, them to Octavia Spencer.
1: I, I remember that now.
0: And I guess the idea was, like, she was, like, affecting all these, like, um, basically, like, black people talk like this or, like, and do this, kind of, like, talking and mad, Like, as if she was there, like, her, like, sassy black gal pal, and she was kind of just, like, a plain boring lady. <laughs>
1: yes okay i remember the sketch now mm-hmm. uh i will say i i laughed really hard at the specific shout out to diet right
0: what is that
1: it is uh if if i'm correct um it's a generic grocery store brand version of diet Cola. Oh, okay
3: i know that <laughs> okay is it like can um, you like get it in like vending machines at the cash register for like 50 cents
1: I don't no not to my knowledge. I think it's it's um the generic brand of a certain grocery store okay. chain. Uh but I couldn't tell you which one. I'm assuming with right it's like being Rite, it's whatever's affiliated with Rite Aid, <laughs> the pharmacy. Right. Um but yeah, it's like it's like a very very generic. It's kind of like having like Dr. Thunder <laughs> instead of Dr. Pepper. um or like soda that's just called lemon lime like she was like i want a two liter of lemon lime soda
3: (laughs) that's for like copyrights and stuff i assume
1: but the thing is diet right is a real brand that's what killed me it's it's a real generic brand
0: lemon lime is a brand
1: no 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 oh okay
0: yeah yeah no it's not one that i've heard of but we're um we're from canada we don't know real things
1: can i just say okay when i when i went to google it (laughs) i typed in diet space here's what google uh suggests diet pills diet plans diet coke diet racism diet doctor diet racism
3: (laughs) brendan do you um discuss have you drank uh spritz up
0: spritz up spritz up good god spritz up it's disgusting that is a.
1: okay hey Diet Right is a brand of no-calorie soft drinks, originally distributed by the RC Cola company. Oh, okay,
3: so it's not righted. Wow, RC Cola. R- RC is literally the, the grocery like, like, what you buy for cheap.
1: Manufacturer, Cot Beverages, and Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. Introduced 1958. Wait,
3: yeah, RC is they... the same company as that?
1: No, it was originally distributed by oh, RC. Okay, good. It looks like it was purchased. Good. There was a reformulation because it originally used cyclamate. Then they forced the beverage to be reformulated with saccharin, and then it was reformulated to make it the first sodium-free diet soda. And then saccharin was replaced with NutraSweet brand aspartame. And then in the 90s, several fruit flavors variety, fruit flavored varieties of diet right were introduced. And then now it uses Splenda. (laughs) Yeah. And then the next section of Wikipedia is brand decline. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that.
0: I'm looking forward to the brand decline of Spritz Up and Diet Spritz Up.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so I have a Canadian thing that's recently come into my life. Okay. Uh, by the name of Letter Kenny. Oh, okay.
3: Yes. The Crave TV original series.
1: Yep. <laughs>
3: uh, what about it?
1: Brother, brother, and boyfriend really love it. Uh, I'm still working on mm-hmm. it. <laughs> is it? Is it like, like? Are you embarrassed? I'm by why? I or don't one? like it because it
3: seems I don't to either.
0: I don't. I guess I'm no more embarrassed by it than I was by like the Trailer Park Boys.
3: No, yeah. Trailer Park Boys seem actually funny. Ooh, I mean. <laughs> They weren't funny to that, me. But...
1: Most people hold the opposite opinion. I didn't watch
3: it, but I, I could see the the idea of *Charlie park boys being funny. But *Letterkenny* is like really just kind of, ugh.
1: It's clever and it's pacing. But I, yeah, my my general feel is like I couldn't sit down and watch a full. Does it does it
3: air this. in the United States?
1: No, it was. I don't think uh, it does it. My. My brother discovered it because he's gotten into watching hockey. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there are certain... So, my my boyfriend grew up on, like, a ranch. Um, So, when my brother showed it to my boyfriend, it was like... Jake was like, oh, some of this, like, terminology makes sense to me and it's funny. And so, like, it, it became a very, like, inside kind of funny
3: for for con
1: but like as someone who doesn't participate in hockey or like farming i'm kind of like "Mm, okay well i mean occasionally it it uses like very quippy like dialogue but overall i'm kind of like uh
3: for for context letter kenny actually got the post super bowl spot in canada it right after super bowl
0: yeah it did it did (laughs) this year the they put the entire first season on um, the streaming service Crave TV last year on Super Bowl Sunday, and then this year they actually, after after the game ended, they put the first episode on TV um, uncensored, uncut, as the post Super Bowl. Hasn't it been off air
3: for a yeah, while? It, has. it is. It yeah. was. They they they. It was available for streaming, and then it aired on um, basic cable comedy network, and then. It uh it then aired on the free TV channel uncensored after Super Bowl. I guess season two is happening too.
0: Yeah, season two. Well, season two was was didn't that come out on Christmas Day? Yeah.
3: Okay. I think you're right.
0: So I guess there's been two seasons, and then even though like you know they've done a dozen episodes, they circle back and they show the very first one because they're trying to obviously get people to be very excited about this. And it's it's okay. very interesting because the star of that show was also the star of like what you could maybe argue is, like, the number one kind of, like, police procedural in Canada. And, like, it's interesting to be this kind of, like, double, um...
1: Because he created... Wait, he did, Ricky yeah. Blue, and it's very much one?
0: based on... What's that?
3: Is it Rookie Blue?
1: It's based on Listow.
3: Yeah. Brendan?
0: Uh, what are you saying?
3: Is it R- Rookie Blue? What, what cop show are you talking about? I'm talking about 192. 2 Oh, I thought he was Rookie Blue.
0: <laughs> no, he wasn't on Rookie Blue. Um... That was on ABC. That and that maybe that that's why I said arguably because I think you could say Rookie Blue might be the most popular like Canadian cop procedural. Part.
1: I would say that uh-huh. is um yeah. um Flashpoint, Flashpoint. Anybody?
3: that no. was on CBS great series.
1: I grew up all, with a lot. all, all the best
3: uh, ones aired on the aired during the summer on CBS or ABC.
0: Yeah, they they all air on summer in American TV. <laughs> Saving Hope Saving Hope was another well, one.
1: Well, it aired on like Channel Three.
0: <laughs> you know what you know what's crazy about Saving Hope is like. Saving Hope is one of those shows that, um, like, came and went for a summer on NBC, and like that show's still on in Canada, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's ending. Yeah, it's what show? The
0: uh, Saving Hope. It was this thing where like a nurse, but like and like a dead people like tells her like how to save people or something.
1: Okay, I was gonna say Raising Hope has been off air for a while, but <sighs> if it's continuing in Canada,
3: okay, what's that chocolate sketch, guys? Ugh.
1: Uh, I need an adult if we're going to go <laughs>
0: Beck
2: Bennett
3: It's very True disturbing.
0: It is. <laughs> I never know how I feel about these sketches that basically start out like announcing like a like oh thank god that thing is gone when like obviously it's going to come back but also is like they're referencing something like pretty horrible and we don't really know what it is and it's like I feel like it
1: And the thing was awful. It was
0: and it and it, it creates Expectations or whatever the 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 I don't know. I think it's like I feel like it's an immediate setup for failure.
3: Yeah, hmm. I mean, I I enjoyed seeing McBennett at the start before he really knew what was happening. But
1: he was he. rosy he
3: cheeks. <laughs> yeah, that was. I too wrote creepy. down
1: WTF Pee Wee Herman.
3: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, like, I, but I I respect Pee Wee Herman more than this guy. I just, I don't know.
0: Now, this aired after the second musical guest, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's, like, very much a 10 to 1, 5 to 1.
1: This was the second to last sketch of the night, I believe. Yes. Um, Kind
0: of crazy, almost, that it wasn't the very last one. Because it was just so... Disturbing. Yeah, off the wall. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, like, the last sketch of the night... Postulated that Octavia Spencer is the heiress to Spencer's yeah. gifts. Also important. Well, I'm going to jump
3: right extremely... after that one. Because um, hmm? that last sketch, um, you start with an idea... A very funny idea you know provide a few examples and don't really go anywhere with it like they don't like it doesn't crescendo into like a final joke it's just what what the joke of the sketch is like that's it you got it
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Mhm. it's just like it's a theme of the night like you get the sketches early on and they just keep going they don't end
1: (laughs) yeah and then when like the end of it is like it's it's a twist that's not a twist
3: Mm-hmm.
1: like Javier Bardem doesn't really work there no. you know was a lot of that and it's like I really, I really can't stand when a sketch on an accomplished show like SNL acts like high school improv and I felt that the, the Spencer's Gifts one almost felt that way because it was like okay here's the idea the idea is that Spencer's Gifts needs to rebrand and Spencer's Gifts is a den of bizarre iniquity and okay that's funny octavia spencer oh wow what a fun punch! she's playing herself okay cool 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 i'm on board but then the person does some bizarre yes ending. that usually is it feels very michael scott fbi right. yeah yeah or michael scarn fbi mm. <laughs> but yeah it's i felt that was you know with her like get out it's like oh come on mm, yeah you can do better than that you could go somewhere else with this But I can't even blame her because this is supposed to be a written sketch. Yeah, this isn't her being a poor scene partner.
3: I really feel like that.
1: Oh
3: Oh, boy!
0: But guys, (laughs) was it a bad episode? (laughs) Octavia Spencer gifts. I mean,
1: God, Spencer's gifts too is one of those things that like had left my my sphere of awareness, like my. It left my sight for a while, mm-hmm. and then probably about three weeks ago was brought up again. And I remembered it was a thing. So to have it come up in tonight's, I tweeted well, last was night it because
0: that you were watching the Goldbergs?
1: Who? Oh right, yeah, yeah, okay.
3: I, oh oh yes. Um, I tweeted last night that I uh, I spent a lot of time as a child in my local Spencer Gifts. Um, it closed in Canada <laughs> eventually, um, but the one thing I bought there was some fake poop good for so, you <laughs> nice little shout out for one of, one no, of their, uh... um, their flagship products uh, and then I put on a, a Jamaican um, hat with the dreadlocks with my friend and took a picture
1: Ooh, uh, problematic yeah and
3: that was one of my first pictures I ever put on Facebook also
1: this just in ladies and gentlemen your fave is problematic. <laughs>
3: um my it was my profile picture in like two thousand seven, I guess.
1: So before before we knew racism. I yeah, guess.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but <laughs> <laughs> my friend in the picture showed this picture to his other friend and he's like, Oh, this is my friend Bram. He's he's like total Rossavarian and he will sell you drugs. And then he, this, this guy kept on contacting me thinking that I was like a and that like had weed for him
1: it's a little I mean I love this life. story but,
3: but but he showed the picture of the Spencer Gifts um <laughs> dreads that I was wearing and this guy totally believed it years later
1: <laughs> what a great friend mm-hmm
2: really
1: great um wow <laughs> that you know bram you just took us on a journey yeah. you really did i'm grateful to have been here thank
3: you
0: guys it was it was fun to enjoy that as the who's whiter between you and me bram
3: i don't know <laughs>
0: what's what your
1: ancestry the... um oh boy <laughs> let's not <laughs> no. we let's let's all just let's say it's a tie <laughs>
0: fair enough fair enough
1: okay um you both would be favored as featured players i'll put it that way so bram in preparation for this episode you told me to watch detroiters oh,
3: okay. yeah uh brendan uh detroiters to this point has aired four episodes or is it five
0: i believe four i
3: think four, four. four. um I'm quite a big fan of the show. Uh, we're talking with a pilot here, um, or you know, general thoughts on the series. But you have um, Tim Robinson, uh, three or four years off the show, off the writing staff too. He's clearly uh, slimmed down. Uh, and then you got Sam Richardson, um, Veep, <laughs> other various things, and they Richard got this series Glenn himself. They got the series where they're ad men in Detroit. Love it. it's or a very i do just
0: think it's figures. a good premise that like um you know obviously Mad Men made advertising a big um thing for television um now i'm not going to pretend that like they invented advertising on tv but i'm just saying like that like like made it very popular but i do think that like local advertising is an interesting angle that um is good fodder for comedy i think
1: especially in a in a city that is notoriously not doing great. Um mm-hmm. to the extent that Detroit is not doing great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it oh man, I love it so much you guys.
3: It's so funny.
1: It is in the first episode, I was so surprised. The first episode is probably the cleanest, <laughs> which I feel like is unusual cuz usually the first episode is you know the one that's intended to grab all all kinds of attention and to have it just be kind of like a wholesome pilot was kind of funny to me so
0: you've you have watched all four
3: okay yeah i don't think it's that wholesome i think there was some stuff steve higgins that was a bit out there
1: who does a great job
3: he's great yeah um
1: Oh my gosh, you guys are the ad kings of Detroit. Well, I think <laughs> why
3: it works is um, even if you don't live in Detroit and there's some local humor like uh, in like the third episode or, or whatever that they, they have um, funky specs the 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 the, the um, commercial ad
1: Hunk, hunky funky specs, specs yeah
3: for the sunglasses uh, you wear and just start dancing and it just stops <laughs> selling the, the, the glasses at a certain point it's just dancing. <laughs> And um, apparently, it was a real thing called Sexy Specs in Detroit, Okay. and it was a real ad. Um, I do
0: like the running theme of uh, like them at the bar at the end, like kind of watching like the finished product and seeing it, like that everything went very wrong. Obviously,
3: that's my favorite.
1: Oh my god, the anchor! I don't usually comment on the commercials, but that was very <laughs> that is
0: the moment that like sold me on. I knew like, okay, I'm in
3: every every episode uh yeah. starts with the commercial usually
0: cuz the way he, exactly the way he said that and it's yeah. been kind of like diminishing returns with the news anchor ever since but I still don't want him to ever go
3: away yeah
1: oh and and the things he says too like that's one murder that had a happy ending <laughs> 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 but tim tim looks incredible yeah i'm like i'm i'm watching this and i'm so happy for him because i'm like okay here's a person who came on to SNL was not a good fit. No. And and consistently you could tell just was not even maybe having the best time. Um kind of a Ridnitzky thing. He was kind of put in the garbage. And yet he he has rallied and he's a perfect lead on his own show. He's endearing, he's adorable, he's self-deprecating and he's got a great comedy partner.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I think that, uh, like, Hugh and Sam Richardson were just on Seth Seth Meyers, like, the other night. And they held a picture from, like, not even from SNL, but, like, a little bit later. It was, like, the first week of the late-night show. It was the
3: third episode of Seth Meyers.
0: Yeah, and he was playing the, like, he needed a fill-in sidekick. And even there, you can see in the picture, like, yeah, like, he's, you know, he's definitely, like, slimmed down. Not that, like, Mm -hmm. Tim Robinson was ever this, like, obese person. But it was definitely a well, noticeable thing. Though,
1: an unhealthy situation. SNL did be, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's what they talked about in the interview. Is that like, you know, when you start off at SNL, you no, know, like you are at like your peak moment of unhealthiness.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. If you do it for seven years, you kind of gotta take control of it.
1: Um. Yeah, and Amy Poehler and Tina Fey both had talked about like Tina Fey writes a lot about how her her approach to her own health over the course of her time at SNL fluctuated. Mm -hmm. Of, like, there was a period of time where she said, screw it, and she gained a a bunch of weight. There was, you know, a period of time where she was the crazy healthy one on the staff, like, you know, but she did the show for forever. Mm -hmm. And Molly Shannon has, has come out and been like, yeah, you'll never drink as much or sleep as little as when you're on SNL, and that's just how it is. So...
0: Yeah. I mean that um, prostitution episode.
3: Oh my god, so good. Um, <laughs> the I mean, it kind of works for everyone because no matter if you're from Detroit or not, you you get weird local ads. Um, you don't you don't imagine like a like a little Kremlin uh, advertising company to be like behind them. You think it's like they're totally independent, but um, like you know like cash for gold people and and diamond yeah, stores and everyone's mm-hmm. and, got
0: a crazy local ad. Um, we
3: we we get a double feeder of the Toronto ones and the Buffalo ones.
0: I know. I was just about to mention. Obviously, um, Russell Oliver and the Cash Man has become Cash Man, yeah, uh, slash the Lone Arranger yep. has become kind of his like that's a that's been a phenomenon <laughs> that's sort of guy. thing. And then there's also um, yeah the ones out of Buffalo that are great too, like uh, Airport Plaza Jewelers, where it doesn't cost an arm and a leg, and they hold up like the mannequin yep. arm and leg yeah I, I no those way. are great yeah and it's funny
1: because detroit had one that uh it was an, an ad from the 80s i think late 80s for the detroit zoo and uh it like in this commercial the animals were making the commercial and so it was like they all had voices and stuff and it was like you know you got like a giraffe or whatever and he's like my lines what are my lines i'm like it's very quirky and very much the kind of thing I could see Cramblin' Duvet doing. <laughs> and um, it just made me happy that, that that's going to be the focus of the mm. show, you know?
3: Yeah, Comedy yeah. Central will be smart to uh, keep promoting again and hopefully bring it back. because I-, I love it so much.
1: Mm-hmm. So off the record, I am running out of time. Okay. um, So I don't know... I'm going to have to wrap myself up here. Well,
0: we can we can wrap up for everybody, because I don't, I don't... We have nothing else to talk about.
3: I'm just going to do a few news drops, because we don't have to talk about them. Yeah. Uh, I felt that it was a weird TV thing this week that AMC decided that they're going to expand Chris Hardwick's talking franchise to a talk show that's going to run during hiatus oh. weeks. So it's going to be talking of Chris Hardwick, and he's not going to be talking about his show. It's going to be him.
1: Does he need more... Talking. <laughs> Does uh,
3: he need more jobs? AMC called, and they do.
1: He has too many. Papers.
3: And he's married to a very, very rich, rich woman.
1: He's he's married to uh to that that nice Hearst girl. Yeah,
3: the nice <laughs> Hearst girl to the block.
1: You know, of the of the California Hearst.
3: California reasons.
1: Citizen Kane's granddaughter.
3: Um, Bobby Moynihan might be leaving the show at the end of this year uh, for a pilot on CBS.
1: He's sure phoning it in like he's <laughs> I would say so. <laughs>
3: Let's see if that happens. Uh, yeah,
0: it's. Um, I, I think I was like on board until, I, like we were mentioning earlier, I got to the words single camera. And when I take that with CBS, I think, oh. It's a time Here's like, a good show that yeah. will debut in a coveted time slot in September, We'll middle along to about 6 or 7 million viewers and then wrap up its 22 episode season in about mid-March and then we'll get cancelled.
3: Uh, I don't like Life in Pieces, but that seems to be tracking along. Yeah, I, I think it, that's
0: done at the end of the year.
3: It's so stupid.
0: Nobody um, likes that show.
3: Who wants to and watch fact, short people... films? I hate it. And, and they never have good conclusions. Um, oh yeah, John Brunitsky, comedy pilot at NBC. What is going on? What yeah. love it, Do you know this well, living I mean, if, for it? If,
1: you know, if Detroiters can be a thing, Lauren Michaels and Jason Sudeikis are producing. Yeah, then
3: I certainly think um, Detroiters is better than like Man Seeking Women which Lauren Michaels also does.
1: Interesting, you don't like? Man-seeking I like it. Women? I
3: think the third season's a, li- a bit middling, and Detroiters is kind of mm. you know a show I'm more excited to watch these days.
1: Well, it is a third season. Yes.
3: Well, they they retooled it a lot. Uh, it seems like Eric Andre isn't there anymore um, as often.
1: Well, because he's busy with uh, Rosario Dawson. That's not why? Uh, wouldn't you be busy?
3: <laughs> She's busy. Wait, do you, Do you remember what the show is <laughs> about, Brendan? Um, no, I don't. Uh, did they even mention a description? I uh, no, they didn't.
1: Man seeking woman, or John the Red the show? This is
3: coming off him starring as. A guardian of Reese, like Reese Witherspoon's guardian, like he's gonna be in a movie of with Reese Witherspoon. Like, so I guess they're expecting his presence to expand. It's um, gonna
0: well, the the what what's happening, and you you guys are getting the exclusive scoop here is that they're pre- they're prepping his like rise to stardom because it's gonna turn out that in the last episode of Big Little Lies, um, that he actually um, was the one who hit the kid or whatever whatever was done to the kid.
1: I watched. The I watched the first
3: one tonight. Actually, it's, it's
1: kind of, I haven't seen it's show yet. I'll
3: watch it. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's a lot of upper class moms. Uh, uh, someone hits s- kids. So yeah, it's many like uh, NBC's The Slap.
1: The Slap. The
0: slap a <laughs> clock.
3: Um, the last thing is uh, Chris Kattan is on the cast of Dancing with the Stars this season. Horror. Horrific. Oh my
1: gosh! I forgot about that. <sighs>
3: He's going yeah, to do so mango shit, isn't he? <laughs> yes.
1: That's why I'm, I'm here. I'm
3: scared. And he looks really weird now, guys. And well, I don't Yeah, uh, maybe it's because he's he's like I guess he's. Uh, people don't embrace their age. Like Chris Kattan, he's he's been around <laughs> a while and, and and he's he's still kind of like acting like Chris Kattan would, and he's like he's got a really bad Twitter. Like he's not funny.
1: Oh no. Oh, no. Yeah, I, he's... What kind of bad?
3: Just, like, really lame jokes and sometimes kind of offensive.
1: Uh-oh.
3: Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> yeah, Didn't work out for him, okay. so I'm sad about it. But
0: you yeah, know, the only gonna... reason Corky Romano did so badly at the box office was because it came out so soon after
1: 9-11.
3: That's true. I think it's probably a bit of a...
1: Bernie would have won, right, Brendan? He's probably a bit of an, <laughs> an asshole, too. And, like...
3: Well, maybe a womanizer. Hughes? I'm just saying, no one was. So, no one was in okay, the mood for laughing. Okay, first of all, I
1: don't think he's a womanizer. He was dating
3: Zoe Deschanel for a few years before she. Chris Katana? Yeah, before she broke out during 9/11. Actually, oh. you didn't know that. Oh,
1: she was like. You should read oh, about man. it. Pictures okay, of them at the parties without
0: without Googling. I want you both to tell me how old you think Chris Katana is.
1: Fifty-two. Bram.
0: Okay and the actual retail price of Chris Kattan <laughs> is well you've actually if this were a showcase round you've both overbid and you both are going home losers because uh Chris Kattan is 46 wow Chris Kattan was no. born in the 1970s No mm-hmm. No
3: Yes Well so he so he was no. like 25 26 when he joined the cast or maybe 27 He had
0: he was married for a year to a woman named Sunshine.
3: Sad state of affairs. Remember his um he did like an Indian.
1: Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, right, Chris Kuchan
3: Did he do like a Bollywood miniseries thing? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the dress. <laughs> I'm glad that was audible. Um what kind of miniseries? Did he do like a Bollywood like he became a, he went and became a Bollywood actor on like Sundance Channel?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. He, I have did, no uh, idea. he did the middle for the first yeah. season.
3: Yeah, he was
0: there for a while. Should
1: have stayed on that gravy. train. <laughs> he
0: really should have, that show would have been cutting that up show a paycheck. Will never end. It literally will never go off the air. People are That's tuning cool. on ABC and they're like, give me some Patricia Heaton.
1: Give me some of that sweet, sweet Heat. <laughs> it's season 8.
3: <laughs> give me some of that Neil give Flynn. Give me some of
1: that cranky ass Neil Flynn. <laughs> I think
3: it's called Chris Katan, Bollywood Hero. Yeah, it is. Oh. It's hit.
1: So he's literally the white savior. Yeah, it's him. He goes to <laughs> India.
3: And it's it was on IFC. That makes in, sense.
0: Uh, 2010. I have no memory of this.
3: No, it was uh, 2009. Um, it was called Bollywood Hero, shot in Mumbai in Los Angeles. A musical miniseries about Chris Kattan and his journey to Mumbai to become a leading man in Bollywood.
1: So Chris Kattan has a brother named Andrew Joslin half-brother who is I guess probably in his 30s and he is out of he does a lot of work in Seattle Mm -hmm. Uh, most notably anytime you hear a violin and a Macklemore song that's Andrew Joslin Um, but really nice guy and I, I saw him play he was playing with Chris Orlowski who's another great local Seattle artist opening for James Vincent McMorrow a few years back, and I'm at the show, and my friend just goes up to the merch table and starts hitting on him, and it was great. Like, they totally vibed. It was super awesome as far as encounters go. I don't think anything came of it, but later, uh, we discovered he was Chris Gatan's brother, and... I got to tell you guys, there is no situation more bracing than getting home and finding out that your friend flirted with Chris Katan's brother. Because you start to to replay the situation in your head and and it just looks different with that knowledge. Um like had she known, would she have gone for it? That was question 1. Um question 2 was uh, it involved a lot of a lot of hard googling. <laughs> Um, of this guy, but basically the bottom line is he has a very talented brother, and uh, if you ever see him play live, don't hit on him because he's Chris Kattan's brother.
3: <laughs> is he?
1: And and is he brain. cute at least? Andrew yeah. Joslin. I mean, he's yeah, he's not a bad looking guy. They don't they don't look alike necessarily. Not to say Chris Kattan is like you know the most horrible looking person in the world, but um. I don't know. I mean, he. My friend thought he was cute. He's very talented. I think that's what mattered well, more. Well, we're going to watch
3: Dancing with the Stars to see Chris Dan. doing
1: I, it. I... You know what? I I look forward to hearing what you boys have to I mean, he's say. He's dancing... I think he's dancing with, like,
3: a 22-year-old. A blonde, Sounds about a blonde right. woman.
1: Sounds right. God,
0: I just forgot, like, I was totally thinking, like, oh, yeah, Dance with the Stars in the fall. No, Dancing with the Stars is in, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh...
3: Get ready for it. No Rick Perry this time. Now this show is gonna air when we're.
1: Jeez, what month is it?
0: We won't be talking about an episode when this starts. So what are we gonna do?
1: Uh, you guys. Emergency become, coverage. Uh, we yeah. become a Dancing with the Stars it becomes, podcast. It becomes a fan cast.
3: You, Brendan, does a lot of fan casts. We can do a draft.
0: We yeah. each take you know, yeah. six of them or whatever.
3: Sure.
1: I vote you guys start doing some like best of Catan
3: DVDs. Did he
1: get a special? like he didn't, right? Like some some make your own okay. specials. Do your own okay. coverage.
3: We we used to um, I don't know where it ended, but we used to talk about like a like an old featured player and and discuss like yeah like what happened to them and and what, and what how they were doing as a featured player. But we kind of abandoned that maybe after like five or six. <laughs> kind of. Well, we did
1: i mean yeah i, I remember that. you guys
3: <laughs> for timing i think
1: no i mean i i always appreciated that segment because it's always super weird to hear where those people end up but i would i would recommend maybe reviving something to that effect so that you can can bring him back into the zeitgeist and, yeah. and keep him alive in we your mind. But... you really should it... it doesn't feel weird when you talk about how bad he did the possado
0: <clears throat> it's unfortunate that that segment did fall by the wayside it really just what happened was the summer i think yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And then we never got back into it, but we definitely should. And
1: listen, guys, time came for us all. <laughs> okay.
0: Who did we talk about on your episode? Was it Sarah Silverman?
1: I don't remember. Actually, I don't. I may have even come on after you guys were were done with that. No, wait, because I was. I was. That was like episode really three. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think it was a featured player who had passed away.
0: Ooh. If
1: I recall Maybe. Correctly. I don't know. We'll,
0: we'll have to dig back through the archives. It'll be in the show notes.
3: Who this is. But make yeah. sure it doesn't play.
1: It was it was a lesser known individual um, from the 80s, I think. So, I don't know. Shruggy guy. Yep. All right. Well, I have to get going. Well,
0: we had better, uh, we better wrap things up then here, Bram.
1: Yeah, please don't, please don't leave me saying I have to leave in the <laughs> show. It sounds awful. No, awesome. we uh, was, we
3: thank was, you for. It was Sarah Silverman, guys. Yeah. Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> She's dead, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah she died about. Like, she died in the eighties.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Paul McCartney. Yeah. And her.
3: insistent insistence that it was Sarah Silverman, mm-hmm. and then chasing to a dead person, Melinda. <laughs> oh, it, it killed no. her. <laughs> She had some kind of serious thing where she almost died, but she caught it a few years ago.
1: yeah, no, it was I think it was even more recent than that. It it's was like, like a, a year or two a throat infection or something that almost went septic. am I thinking of the right person <laughs>
3: yes no that that's her yep
1: um when I think about Sarah Silverman being sick though, I always think of uh the fault in our stars too. oh, yes.
3: The Ebola. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, I'm not right. editing out that stuff, so. <laughs> and good. why should you? Why should I? You're fine. Thank uh, you okay. for
0: Thank you again, Melinda, for being on the show. It's nice to kind of bring this full circle um, because the podcast is actually being canceled after this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Um,. I, I will never say never to reviving my show about canceled tv so uh who knows
0: stay next tuned week. everybody uh, uh plug week. your twitter
1: sorry you're yeah
3: uh, next week is um scarlett johansson and uh lord is a musical guest who has been sweeping the music spears with uh green light which i have uncovered a conspiracy
1: is not the john legend song is
3: that a john legend song
1: yeah he like i think the the song that kind of launched his his career as an artist was called green light i want to say it was like give me the green Light. wow yeah.
2: Oh, okay
1: yeah I, I just did a great job right there for you um my twitter is at melinda malley and uh yeah i follow her kids, kids she's with- funny I, <laughs> I'm not I'm not very funny, but hopefully I can uh, enlighten you with some of my daily observations. <laughs> I, I tweet I tweet a lot about stuff my coworkers say, which is fun for everyone. Chotchkeys, Melinda. Um,
3: <laughs> what chotchkeys?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I also have an, an Etsy store um, <laughs> called Chotchkey and Hutch. So if you're ever in the mood for uh, some some cool vintage clothes, hit me up.
0: It's uh I mean, for the for the name alone, it's great. <laughs> thank Do it, you. guys! All right, this has been episode twenty-six of the featured players, guys. Thanks everybody for listening. I have um, okay, yeah. Go
3: ahead, no go ahead, <laughs> no no. Bye guys. I'll be a okay. Thought.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Bram ruins everything on True TV. Goodbye everybody.
3: Bye right, bye bye. I have a cover conspiracy that um, Lord's green light pretty much rips off uh, right said fred's i'm too sexy and no one's talking about this and i'm frustrated by it and that's all you gotta hear I don't think it. i've heard this song the piano riff the piano riff is right said fred
0: i need to listen to this song even once
3: yeah you gotta do it <laughs> i think jack antonoff produced it so i'm gonna direct questions to him right said fred guys that's where it's at it's just,
0: just go ahead and send right said fred a dm and we'll get this all sorted out okay Okay. All right. (laughs) Anyway. Yes, we'll actually let you go now. That's how this all works. All right. Thanks again for being here. Good chatting with you guys, as always. Later, everybody. Bye.